Hello, listeners. You are about to listen to the Two Tools Baseball Podcast. This is a show for any and all baseball fans. It is led by myself and my co-host, Travis. I'm what you would call a stats nerd, and my buddy Travis was a total stud on his D3 college team. Our goal is to try to show you how we view the game of baseball, and maybe we can share a few laughs along the way. So grab a drink, kick back, and join us on this wonderful ride through the 2021 MLB season. Enjoy. What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome back to another episode of the Two Tools Baseball Podcast. This is episode 24. We are coming at you on Monday evening here, 9.30 p.m. Uh, Hope you all had a great uh, Labor Day weekend, three-day weekend, whatever you got going on. I hope you had a good one. And uh, Travis, you actually just got home from an Angels game just now. Didn't really go the way you wanted it to, but... uh, Disappointing. Disappointing. It's right that part of the season where it just kind of... Exactly. Waiting, waiting, waiting for the pain to stop. But. Exactly. I know it's uh, it's it was a tough one to watch. We got shut out by uh, Texas, but hey, you know we're we're watching the youth and the uh, and the uh, the young angel players really contribute. So yeah, at least gen- the future is looking good. Yeah, next generation is 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 upon us essentially for the angels, but uh, that's not going to be the focus for today. Uh, I'm going to start out kind of doing some basic recap of what happened this week, and then the meat and potatoes of the episode is going to be discussing. Essentially, the players who have already reached that 10-year minimum for Hall of Fame candidacy in the league today, we're going to kind of discuss uh, which of these players have a good shot to make the Hall of Fame. And this is, of course, just meant to honor the fact that there's going to be an inauguration this Thursday for the next class of Hall of Famers, which um, will include Derek Jeter and Larry Walker, who were voted in, and Ted Simmons was the other player who actually was um, selected by the Veterans Committee to join as well. I believe there was also an executive that's coming in as well. But um, Mar- it, Marvin Miller, I believe, yeah. Mm-hmm. And so it's it just cool to kind of highlight these guys, um, their career achievements on this important day for their careers, which is, like I said, this Thursday. And then, like I said, Travis, we're going to be uh, breaking down the kind of the case for different active players who already qualify for Hall of Fame. And we're going to be saying, okay, if you've done your 10 years, are you looking like you're on pace to make the Hall of Fame? The Hall of Fame, are you looking like you're on pace to not come close? We're going to break it down. So, But to start off, Travis, something I noticed that's very interesting, the wild card races have been back and forth um, in the last month or so. The Reds have gotten in the conversation. Um, the Yankees kind of went back into the conversation for the American League. But right now, if everything ended today, we would see a San Diego Padres at LA Dodgers National League wild card game. And for the American League, we would see a Boston Red Sox at the New York Yankees. And Travis, I cannot imagine a better wild card slate than that. I didn't know that's what I wanted going into the season, but seeing Boston Yankees at Yankees, seeing, you know, I mean, that that, that crowd would be, is going to be absolutely nutty. And then uh, Padres versus Dodgers in Chavez Ravine, another just amazing matchup. Just kind of give me your thoughts on what would, how would you feel if we ended up getting those matchups? Obviously, it'd be great, but what are your thoughts? That would be the best kickoff to the playoffs probably in... Probably the century. Yeah, probably, probably my life, yeah. Uh, the new kind of rivalry with the Dodgers and the Padres, what they have created in the past two seasons, um, that's, what the, that's what the world wants. I mean, that's what the world wants to see. They want to see the Padres and the Dodgers going at it. Um, and then you look at Yankees-Red Sox, one of the oldest rivalries in sports. 
Uh, that would be really epic with the way that both teams have kind of been trending the last month. Yankees on a really good rise, and then the Red Sox kind of stumbling here and there. But yeah, I mean, those four teams would make baseball very, very interesting. It would be a great kickoff to the uh, Fall Classic. And honestly, one of those four teams, if not, yeah, two of those four teams could definitely make the World Series. They have really hell have the strength and power to get through, I think, a lot of the teams that have already, you know, uh, are looking like favorites in the division. But uh, really interesting to see what happens um, during that wild card game and then, of course, during the playoffs. Yeah, w- well said. Um, yeah, the Yankees are kind of coming hot at the right time, and the Red Sox were stumbling. Well, they lost a heartbreaker today to uh, Tampa Bay at home. Allowing a inside-the-parker home run to tie the game in the ninth is never <laughs> the ideal scenario you want out of your bullpen, but uh, you know that will happen. Uh, but yeah, it's going to be some fun races to track. Uh, only, only, only not that many weeks left in the season, Travis. We're, we're coming down to the end of things here. Um, one more thing I wanted to kind of touch on, just to mention, is sort of the uh, some National League stuff going on. The Philadelphia Phillies are now just currently one and a half back from Atlanta. I saw, and for a, I feel like half a week there, Philly had the lead when the Mets started slipping, and then all of a sudden Philly started slipping, and the Braves came on so hot. I thought the Braves were going to run away with it, but now it's looking like it's not over yet. I believe Philly is. Uh, 1.5 back uh, from Atlanta, and then Mets are just like three or four back. So the NL East is not decided yet. Um, it's going to be a really fun last month for them to try to figure out who's going to win because we all know at this point, second place is not going to get uh, any sort of participation trophy or anything like that because uh, the wild card is going to be either two NL West teams or an NL West and the Reds, So or possibly the Cardinals, but it's not going to be an NL East team based on the way the records are right now. So also want to touch on the fact that just today, um, Zach Wheeler had a great outing versus Woodruff. They kind of had a, both Cy Young candidates had a duel, and uh, Wheeler was better t- just today. Harper had a home run, which is great for his NL MVP odds. Um, I th- feel like his odds get better every day, Travis. I, might, I get a notification on my phone when he hits a home run for my fantasy, and it's happening quite a lot still. It's been a really hot second half for him, so... I really feel like he's got a good shot to win that MVP, but you know it's going to come down to what can Tatis do in this last month and what can Harper do. So we'll see how that goes. Um, and then just lastly to mention, Travis, um, to today Mac, um, Max Scherzer for the Dodgers had an electric uh, outing against the St. Louis Cardinals, and I guess I just kind of wanted to, I guess, officially declare him as a, he's entered the chat, Travis. He is now in the... Top le- top level. He's in the he's with the big dogs in the NL Cy Young race. He for a while was kind of in, out looking inside from outside, but now he is w- in the pack. I would say with the heavy hitters. Uh, Burns allowed three runs through five. I believe that was today or yesterday. Um, that was yesterday, and then Bueller uh, just yesterday had a rough outing against the Giants. So all that being said, these guys are kind of slipping and. Mad Max uh, came on hot. Um, Charles, any thoughts on Max, Max Scherzer kind of entering the race? Um, what do you like? What do you see that race right now? I guess. Yeah, he's actually been. I mean, really electric ever since joining the Los Angeles Dodgers. I'm looking at numbers right now. Already in six games and six starts, um, posting a 1.29 ERA with the Dodgers. So I mean, Dodgers are getting everything they wanted from this guy since joining. Um, he's been absolutely electric. Um, and then look at even career wise this season. He is. This is his 36. Uh, age season and right now he's posting the best ERA of his career so um, kind of like uh, fine wine just getting better with That's age right. 
uh, Max Scherzer is. It's really interesting to see this because I thought we saw a guy stumbling last year in 2020, and me and you both kind of thought uh, this could be it. You know, Mad Max is yeah um, a great player, you know, kind of reaching his time. Exactly, the time uh, Father Time is definitely getting to him. He had a nice run, um, but it's not kind of you know it, it, it's he's taken a step back. But this season right now, we are seeing a total resurgence, and I mean just looking at the numbers too. Um, could be having the best ERA season of his career. Um, and also right now having the best whip season of his career. So wow. really being efficient uh, when it comes to pitching. But ever since he entered the Dodgers uh, clubhouse, he has been so electric. Um, they're looking at a guy that possibly could be starting the wild card game for them uh, against the Padres. Yeah, I'm, I mean, I don't even know if you're the Padres, if you're the Reds, whoever it may be. I don't even know how you mentally prepare for Scherzer and know that they could bring you Bueller in relief or they could bring you Kershaw, a lefty in relief if they needed. Just the options are just almost almost unfair of how good the Dodgers pitching is looking um, as it currently stands. But Travis, that's, that's basically it for like the, I guess the weekly recap. I think most people kind of know, uh, I guess, it's just going to come down to the last month for most of these teams, most of these players. Um, what we're going to discuss mainly this episode, like I mentioned, is... Hall of Fame cases for the active players um, that already have 10 years of service time completed. Uh, we're going to make cases for guys who we think uh, should and should not get that nod when their time comes. And also going to highlight the guys who are getting inducted on Thursday. So, Travis, do you want to start us off with that kind of conversation? Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, of course, coming this Thursday, we have the Hall of Fame induction ceremony. Um, something we actually have all missed for the past year. I know with 2020 being such a you know crazy, hectic year, a lot of things got pushed back. A lot of things got canceled. Um, but yeah, finally we're getting back to the ceremonies and we're going to have two legends entering the, uh, the hall of fame, um, this Thursday. And of course, starting off with probably the, you know, most clutch guy in baseball history, the captain Derek Jeter for the New York Yankees will finally be getting his induction ceremony as well as Larry Walker, a guy who, uh, was on the last straw on the ballot. I mean, putting up the numbers that you see Larry Walker did in his, you know, time with, with the MLB and with, even with the Rockies. Uh, kind of a crazy, um, kind of a crazy player that really I don't feel like got the recognition he deserved. I think because playing in a small market in Colorado, but we'll kind of cover that and just go over um, their stats, what we think about them, um, and then of course some other guys as well. I know you want to discuss Ted Simmons, um, someone who got inducted by the uh, Veterans Committee, right? Uh, and you know someone that played in, in the seventies and eighties, but you know was on the ballot, got you know pushed off the ballot, didn't make it in ten years, and then finally was kind of I would say reborn again. So. Um, he'll be getting his time to uh, be recognized. But Alex, we'll start off with the captain, the guy that always seemed to lead it off for the New York Yankees for you know most of our life. We've pretty yeah. much watched this guy from when we first started playing. Derek Jeter is always kind of the um, the huh. image yeah. for MLB. It was kind of funny because him and Kobe Bryant played in the same era, the same time, and I feel like everyone always thought of Jeter and Kobe being the same kind of person. Both guys making the playoffs almost every single year. Both guys being that captain for their squads, uh, and both guys winning a ton of championships. Uh, but yeah, I'll start with Derek Jeter, Alex. What uh, your thoughts on Jeter? Thoughts on um, you know first ballot Hall of Famer? Ninety nine, I believe, point seven or ninety nine point two percent of the vote was one vote shy from unanimous. Um, That's right, yeah. But you know what? 99% of the vote is still really impressive. I think you'd ask anybody, they would be really happy with that. I think he'll take it, yeah. Exactly, exactly. Give me your take on Derek Jeter. Yeah, so obviously, like you mentioned, a legend that uh, really dominated the game through our whole childhood. Um, no MVPs, which is an interesting note that uh, kind of gets mentioned sometimes, but not everyone kind of realizes that that's really crazy that um, a player that was such a constant 
I guess, like icon of, you know, greatness, consistent figure, um, no MVPs. Uh, I think I hear a lot of different people kind of ask the question, is Derek Jeter overrated, underrated? And um, it's kind of hard to say because it depends how you rate him. Um, I think it differs person to person. Uh, I know his defense, uh, some of the advanced numbers really don't like it, but um, I think that just goes, uh, a big part of that is that he played shortstop at such an old age, which, you know, he was like the defensive sort of leader of his team, even if the numbers, you know, didn't really reflect the production there. But um, uh, obviously, Travis, you look at the offensive numbers, the total, the career hits, the just the average numbers throughout his year, um, even some decent pop uh, in that Yankee stadium, obviously um, deserve to be a first ballot Hall of Famer without question. Unanimous would have been a bit surprising for me. I'm not surprising, but I'm not sure he's... Um, Based on some of the guys who have not been unanimous, you know, I mean, like Babe Ruth was not even unanimous. Yeah. Ty Cobb mm-hmm. was not unanimous. So it would have been pretty crazy for Jeter to be unanimous, but um, he's just so synonymous with winning that if he did make it unanimous, you'd have to just kind of tip your cap to it and say, okay, well, you know, five rings and, you know, two decades of greatness. You just kind of have to, uh, I guess, you know, run with it. Um, but yeah, I think that 99% plus uh, of the vote is well deserved. Um, and yeah, I mean, I, I some of his contemporaries and his rivals will be on the ballot very soon. Uh, teammate A Rod, um, and like obviously rival uh, Big Poppy on the ballot very soon. So mm-hmm. um, the rest of his kind of generation is going to be following him uh, pretty closely here in the next couple seasons. So uh, it's cool to kind of see the guys that we were raised around already kind of um, getting their rec- recognition for their career. So that's all I have to say about that. Yeah, for me, Derek Jeter, I mean, you know he's not a guy that's going in with just a ton of power. A guy was just, you know, a contact machine. I mean, looking even at his numbers, you know, any time a guy gets 3,400 hits, more than that, it's saying something about your, you know, ability to get hits every yeah. single year. Um, you know, I, Yeah, I almost feel like 3,000 hits, you're more or less a lock for the Hall of definitely, Fame. Definitely, definitely. And 3,400, okay, now we're talking about a first bout, like, lock. Exactly, exactly. I mean, looking even at the numbers, every single year, you're getting you're getting over 180 hits a season um, and even batting average looking very good a, a career 310 batting average I think everyone kind of gives him a lot of um, a lot of shame or a lot of you know downfall when it comes to some of those uh, you know like you said advanced numbers like you said with with uh, with defense and batting I know when people look at like OPS on base um, only a 377 on base but not terrible I mean that's still a very good on base but yeah for a shortstop you know and that that's that's plenty good for a career definitely, on base, you know. Definitely, and you got. I think you got to look at the position too, and then OPS plus only a one fifteen uh, career OPS plus hitter. So you're looking kind of at that just above an average hitter uh, on his career. Um, the only thing that I think really hurt him was the slugging. Not a very good slugging percentage for Derek Jeter, but that's because he's basically just a base hit guy. Um, but still, of course, a great shortstop. One stat that I thought was really crazy with him is he's actually played. Um, I think he's one of two players that has played 162 games of postseason baseball. So he's played a full wow. season of postseason baseball um, as other players have played 10 or 15 games. Derek Jeter, it felt like every single year was in the playoffs. Every single year they were making a very deep run. Um, and I think that that always gets a really nice um, you know, accomplishment and, and gets a lot of you know viewership when it comes to that from the writers when a guy is performing very well in the playoffs and he's in the playoffs every year, and he's playing for the New York Yankees, kind of America's team. Um, it, it, it's, it's a slam dunk you're going to make the Hall of Fame, especially when you're a guy like Jeter. 
um, doing that on a nightly basis. But, you know, it's funny when you look at some of the other shortstops and some of the other greats, you might say, oh, you know, the hitting was actually better for some of these guys um, than Derek Jeter. But I think Derek Jeter was one of those guys that was just the, the model of consistency and the the hits every single season. You knew what you are going to get um, from Derek Jeter. So uh, still an insanely impressive career. I mean, he is basically the, the, the model of the early 21st century for baseball players. I think before Trout came on, you would say Derek Jeter would be probably the face of baseball. It just seemed that way. Yeah, that's a good point. I know Trout actually did look up to Jeter as a kid, and I've heard him mention that before as like a role model or like a, I guess, kind of a uh, an icon that Trout strived to compare himself to at least and a goal uh, as, a, as, a, I guess, a, as a ball player. But um, shifting over to Larry Walker now, Travis. A completely uh, different player. A very, yeah, on, yeah <laughs> honestly, um, different in so many ways. You know, not the winner that you think of when you think of Derek Jeter. Uh, played for you know lesser organizations for the most part, mainly being the Colorado Rocky, the first Colorado Rocky to be uh, inducted into Hall of Fame. Uh, it, it's he's had a much different career, like you said, um, but truly a five-tool player that um, I think was honestly just very underrated until he got to that like eighth, ninth, tenth year in the bow. Where we're saying, okay, guys, like wait, let's look at Larry Walker's numbers and say, should this guy really be passed on here? And he just barely, barely got his way in. I'm so ha- glad he did because his numbers really do deserve it. As, a, as a, like we said, a five-tool player, he has some of the best base running numbers. I know if you look at like base running, like uh, base running runs, essentially, um, the defensive metrics all love him in right field. He has tons of Gold Gloves to back it up as well, so the eye test matches it. Um, and then the offense is elite. Obviously, everyone knows that when you're talking about a Colorado Rocky, you think about Coors Field, the altitude. The ball travels farther, but um, I think that that almost th- there's a pro and con to that. That's going to obviously boost your numbers. At the same time, it's going to make people be a lot harsher on your play. And I think if you look at his numbers, you, there's no way you can look at it and say this guy was not just an elite hitter for a several uh, several seasons, um, you know, back to back, and obviously uh, an MVP year just kind of topped it all off. But Travis, I guess you your thoughts on Larry Walker. Yeah, and, and one thing you bring about the Coors effect and, and playing at Coors Field, sometimes I always get a little tired of, of hearing, you know, some people, some analysts say that because um, I, I always feel like, then why did MLB put a team in Colorado? You know, mm-hmm. if we're just going to bash, a, 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 you know, a, a certain field, then I feel like it's kind of like, well, then, you know, why would they put a team in Colorado? But uh, moving with Larry Walker and, and just his stats, I mean, it was a crazy surprise it took this guy so long. I mean, just looking at his stats... Um, the prime of Larry Walker, you know, from 1997 to almost 2001, 2002, I mean, this guy's advanced numbers and also his, you know, counting stats and regular stats, I mean, they're just insane. I mean, they are literally uh, almost like a Barry Bonds playing right field with better defense, a better arm. It seemed like every single year he was an all-star with a gold glove and a silver slugger. Um, it was one guy that I remember I was kind of looking at in year eight. And I was, on Twitter, I was always seeing a lot of people say, you know, hashtag get Larry Walker in, in the Hall of Fame and duck Larry Walker. And I took a step back and I looked at his stats and I was kind of just like blown away with, yeah. okay, you know, I might not be looking at the advanced stats, but I'm looking at the average. When you're betting 360, you know, 360 or higher for three straight years, I mean, th- that just tells you that you're yeah. an insane hitter. And also you're jacking 49 home runs out of the ballpark. Um, You're showing up the steroid era, guys. Exactly, exactly. And so I I was really surprised with this one um, with Larry Walker. Also winning an MVP, which is actually impressive too. Kind of being, I mean, hidden in that Colorado Rockies in the 90s. Um, So I really was happy that he got in. 
um, all the numbers point that he is a Hall of Famer. I mean, um, just some of those stats you look at, I mean, it, it's very impressive with Larry Walker. Um, someone that just was very under the radar that you really don't really think about. Um, but everything that you wanted in, in a in a in a three or four hitter you got from Larry Walker. The guy walked, the guy got base hits, the guy slugged for power. Um, I mean, when you have a slugging percentage above 700, that too is something that is very, you're getting in Babe Ruth territory, Barry Bonds territory. And, and it, so it, 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 to me, just impressive. And he was a, you know, he should have been in a long time ago. Right. Yeah. All, all good points. And then I think the thing that also gets slipped under, under the radar almost is like stole bases as well. Like just literally a complete player that um, did it all. And it's, it's, it's very, it's very fulfilling to see him. He's going to get his moment to kind of, uh, you know, be celebrated for his, uh, you know, his great career. Um, lastly, we can touch on, before we get into the active players, we can touch on Ted Simmons here. Um, Ted Simmons, Travis, uh, I don't know much about him, obviously. Played in uh, late 60s, all the 70s, and most of the 80s. Um, I do know that he was a switch hitting catcher, which in and of itself is, um, I guess just, it just kind of shows that he's just like a true, like, I guess, a true, like, just, I guess, physical talent. Like, you're not only uh, an elite catcher, I know he played great defense, and then you're talking about he switch hit as well. Um, I actually have this tweet here from uh, Saber Bio Project at Saber Bio Project on Twitter. Um, that Saber, for those who don't know, stands for Society of American Baseball Research. They're big on the Hall of Fame stuff. They just kind of research players and uh, present their kind of stats. But um, essentially, Ted Simmons uh, not only batted three hundred plus seven times, he was an All Star eight times, and when he retired, Travis. He um, had the most hits and doubles by a catcher, along with 248 homers and uh, 1389 RBI. So at the point of his retirement, he had a case to be like, oh, I'm like one of the top five catchers, like probably ever, because he had the hits, he had the doubles um, record, and he's a switch hitter who played good defense. So honestly, uh, it's it's just very interesting that some of these kind of guys who didn't have like an MVP type year or some of these guys who didn't have like a really dominant stretch, or maybe if they never got to those big milestones of like the 500 home runs, the 3,000 hits, if they didn't make those milestones, they might not have gotten the Hall of Fame back in the day. But it's good the veterans committee is kind of taking a look back and saying, oh, we missed some guys back in the day, and it's good to kind of get them in now, at least give them the recognition uh, that they really do deserve. So anything else on, on him, I guess? Yeah, I guess all I'll say is, you know, if you just showed me these stats and you didn't show me a position, I would kind of be assuming, okay, if, you know, this guy played maybe corner infield or corner outfield, you know, I, I can't really see this guy being a Hall of Famer. But then you show me that he played catcher. Um, the stats are very, very impressive for a catcher for playing his whole entire career. Uh, you know, I think last episode we were looking at Yadier Molina's numbers. It's almost matching, if not exceeding, Yadier Molina's numbers. Even the advanced stats are exceeding Yadier Molina's numbers. Um, so you already have a guy right there that we already think is, uh, better than, you know, Yadier Molina, who we said last time will be a hall of famer. Uh, it's definitely a surprise that they got, the guy like this was missed for the hall of fame. Um, you know, almost 2,500 hits as a catcher. That's very impressive. A guy like Joe Maurer hasn't even got to that. Um, and you look at the doubles and the home runs, RBIs as well. Um, and then even some of the, um, percentage stats, you know, a 285 hitter as a catcher, very, very impressive, I think. And then um, you even get to uh, the OPS plus at 118 as a catcher. Um, Higher than Jeter's actually. Is yeah, I know exactly. You're right. And, it's, it's, and, it's, and, and we're talking about a guy who played from age 18, made his first plate appearance all the way till age 38 season, which yeah. is a great stretch of time. Yeah, yeah. Something that actually was, you know, definitely lost. And I think that most of history probably would have forgot about this guy if he was not elected in the Veterans Committee. 
Um, a very surprising and good name to uh, to bring back um, just by even looking at these numbers. A very good move by the Veterans Committee to have this guy brought in and um, definitely recognized for uh, his numbers he posted. Yeah, uh, very, yeah, well put. Um, now it's a good time, I think, to transition into uh, the active players, Travis. So just a reminder for everyone, um, in order to be discussed on our list today, you had to have 10 years of service time. So these are active players, and we're going to kind of say, okay, one day these guys will all, all probably end up on the ballot. And then just kind of our early predictions of where we think they'll end up. And just as a preview for you guys, these players are organized into three tiers. We're going to start with the first tier, which are all guys who we think have a very good shot. Potentially first ballot guys. Um, starting off with uh, Miguel Cabrera, Travis. We already talked about him a couple a couple episodes ago on his whole uh, 500 home run, you know, praised him and uh, well-deserved, all that kind of stuff. But the way I see it, 500 home runs has already been achieved. 3,000 hits is on the horizon for him. In my mind, he's a lock for first round. What, what do you think? Easily. Uh, two MVPs, a triple crown, like you just said. The 3,000 hits, 500 home runs, possibly even 2,000 RBIs. Um, it's it, it's com- a guaranteed it, elite, lock. Co- elite company for him. Guaranteed lock, first ballot Hall of Famer Cabrera. I expect 90% or higher for the votes. Yeah. Yeah, I I, I, I agree with that assessment. Um, I think that pretty much sums it up on him. We don't need that. We already praised him two episodes yeah, ago. The, the, these, sh- these should be pretty simple when it talks about the first tier because these are going to be guys that we discussed as, you know, already tremendous careers from these guys. But um, who, who do you got next? Next, I have uh, Justin Verlander. Um, I wrote down some numbers here. 71.8 baseball reference war. Uh, two Cy Youngs, 2011 and 2019. That really shows some longevity there because that's like the beginning Definitely. of the decade to the end of the decade. Really a great pitcher. Three no-hitters. Only other uh, with three plus since, uh, I guess so Cy Young had uh, uh, three no-hitters and there's guys before him who did as well. But since the Cy Young like, era, only guys with uh, three no-hitters is Koufax, uh, Bob Feller, and Nolan Ryan. So that wow. is elite company right there. Wow. Um, he's the fifth pitcher to ever get 250 Ks in the season five different times. Lots of different kind of unique stats about Verlander that kind of shows how good he really was. Um, and then he is, he's currently sitting at, uh, 3,013 Ks, Travis, wow. that's 18th all time. Uh, and so my, I kind of did a little exercise in my head. I said, okay, if he comes back next year and is solid, I could see 150 Ks. If not, maybe he stumbles and maybe he does yeah. two more years. Mm-hmm. 150 Ks is very reasonable, right? For definitely still, still to go. Definitely. So if he gets that one, if he gets 150 more Ks, he's going to pass Smoltz, CC Sabathia, Kurt Schilling, Bob Gibson and Pedro Martinez to end up twelfth all time, so he is now like he's passing these absolute legends yeah, who are like inner right. circle Hall or, of Famers already. Yeah, Hall of Famers. Some, some of the best guys ever to pitch. He's passing these guys if they um, if he gets you know one hundred fifty more. Um, one thing I will also note: we'll get to Scherzer later, but Scherzer is actually right on his tail at thirty two, only thirty two strikeouts behind Verlander in the all time list. But wow. Verlander, based on everything I kind of just said, in my mind, uh, I think he's a first ballot Hall of Famer. We'll see if he gets the first ballot or not. But um, in my mind, he's a Hall of Famer, no doubt. Yeah, yeah, one hundred percent. I think he's, uh, I think yeah, definitely a Hall of Famer. I think definitely a first ballot too. Um, six seasons in the top three, voting for Cy Young, uh, already at two hundred twenty six wins, possibly looking at two hundred fifty wins total or more for his career. And like you said, the strikeouts right there, I think that's definitely doable um, for him. And then also you look back even prime time Verlander, two thousand eleven MVP winner and Cy Young winner, and also the Triple Crown winner. Um, he was unstoppable in those early Tigers days. And even you look at 2019, his last full season won the Cy Young and took it away from his teammate Garrett Cole. Uh, 
Justin Verlander is a winner, and I think he is a definite, um, you know, Hall of Famer. Maybe not 90%, but I definitely could see him being, um, you know, first ballot the first year. Yeah, uh, good. I like how you separated, like, the Detroit Tigers Verlander from the Houston Astros Verlander because I think having that other chapter to your career almost kind of helps you because we kind of see, okay, in Detroit, you were this dominant ace. You got all your accolades. You got your MVP award. You got your hardware. And then you went to the Astros, a winning team. They traded for you. You got it done. You got your World Series ring. Um, I think, yeah, that really rounds out his career in a big way. I do think he's a first ballot guy as well. Um, now we can shift over to our next guy, Travis. I have Zach Greinke here, a Cy Young winner as well. Um, I wrote down here that he he's a very interesting player because <laughs> uh, six gold gloves and two silver sluggers as a pitcher. So he, I, I know there's he doesn't a, like to pitch. There, there's a funny story when he got called up to be a pitcher for the Royals. He, he told his agent or someone that he's close to, he said, can I just try to be a shortstop? And he just like wanted to just, he, he didn't know what he wanted to do, but it just kind of shows that he believed in himself to kind of do whatever he felt good about. Um, He's a good hit. He's a good hitter for a pitcher, which is kind of interesting. And I think kind of being an interesting guy almost helps your Hall of Fame case in a weird way, just because um, that's how the voters probably are thinking as well. They kind of know the Zach Greinke personality. But I wrote down a tidbit here, Travis. He has a better career average and on base than Javier Baez did in 2020, which is just kind of a, a interesting stat. But um, his OPS is only one point lower than Baez's 2020. But anyways, 74.2 base reference war for Greinke. He has t- uh 2,799 Ks as of uh, as of yesterday, 24th all-time and counting. He still has a few years in the tank for sure. 3,000's in play, I believe. And in my mind, if you get 3,000, I think you're a Hall of Famer. Yeah. Um, so 3,000 yeah. seems to be a magic number for a lot of a lot of stats, yeah. hundred <laughs> percent. Um, so I'm leaning towards he's a Hall of Famer. Uh, I think a first ballot. So what do, you, what do you say to that? Definitely, I think first ballot. I think he honestly could get a little close to the 75%, maybe even like 78, 79%. Um, 75 being that you made it um, and you are on you're in, you're in the Hall of Fame but um, just a model of consistency for Zach Greinke for his entire career um, it's kind of crazy look at the wins and the ERA it's right beneath Verlander 219 wins to Verlander's 226 and then the ERA for Verlander is 333 while his is 338 and he's been pitching the last two seasons and pitching very well so uh, Zach Greinke I think uh, definitely um First ballot Hall of Famer. He has pretty much been great wherever he's gone. So uh, definitely see him in the Hall of Fame in the first year. And then now we're going to shift over to Mike Trout. Travis, this, no is, discussion. this is a guy who is a lock the day he stepped foot on the field in his 10th season, honestly. Because you, <laughs> yeah. you, you need that 10 season minimum yep. to be a Hall of Fame eligible guy on the ballot. Already has 76.2 baseball reference war through his uh, about 10 full seasons if you kind of add in the shortened um 2020 with like his injured this year he's already at 76 war which is like higher than most almost everyone we've talked about already um nine straight seasons in top five of mvp voting i think he's already an inner circle hall of famer if he retired today um and he's a great chance to be in the goat conversation or like the top 10 players ever conversation if he keeps it up for another five years plus which we know he can do if he kind of stays healthy and if the angels make the playoffs uh, and finally get him a ring at some point, it might help his GOAT conversation even that much more. But even without the postseason stuff, voters may care about that. Voters might... There are definitely some voters, Travis, who are not going to give him that first-year nod because if he never gets a World Series appearance. But in my mind, he really should be a 100% voted kind of guy. He probably won't be if he never gets that postseason uh, W. But 
I will say first ballot is without a question. Anything else? Yeah, that's you summed it up perfectly. First ballot, I think right now he's already at ninety percent. I think he's just climbing for yeah, ninety five to ninety nine yeah. to hundred percent. Yeah, the, well put. Ninety percent already is pretty crazy. Ten years in, but I do agree with that. Um, going next to Max Scherzer, a guy who we just covered as a guy who's having a hot year himself right now. But um, looking at his career, he's right behind Verlander and Case, like I mentioned. Three signing awards already and 66.4 base reference war. Uh, he was top five in Cy Young voting um, every year from 2013 to 2019, which is a crazy streak. And this year, it's looking like he will continue um, in that top five kind of stretch. So only missed that shortened 2020 season, which unfortunate for him but that's just the way that season that, went for that a will lot be forgiven <laughs> yeah that, that was rough year for a lot of the guys for uh, a lot of reasons but um dominant in the 2010s and 2021 it kind of shows that he just continuing to add to his resume yeah i mean look even looking starting at his first Cy young that's when all the awards started coming on and even the all-star appearances in 2013 um ever since then it's been top five finishes in Cy young uh three Cy youngs for him um, Max Scherzer was definitely one of the best pitchers in the 2010s. Yeah. Um, and I, it was very clear. Uh, and also being on such winning teams and helping um, organizations get to the World Series uh, and pitching well in the playoffs too, I would say. Uh, Max Scherzer is, I mean, he's a he's a definite, uh, you know, lock, I think, for the Hall of Fame. And looking at strikeouts, right on the cusp of 3,000. He could get to 3,000 strikeouts this year season and um i think he'll be one of the guys that will definitely be passing uh verlander um in strikeouts and you know we could see this guy in the top 10 easily in strikeouts yeah i i do agree he's going to continue rising up and i know after this great season he's had he's going to ask for a nice healthy contract coming up probably two or three years he's going to deserve it and he's going to continue to put up numbers i'm sure of it so Mm -hmm. um Moving on from him, uh, going to Clayton Kershaw, another great pitcher. Uh, a lot of them in this kind of tier, but Clayton Kershaw, Travis, 71.8 base reference war. Um, a, a bit less on the uh, strikeout side than Scherzer and Verlander. He's down at 2,653 Ks. Um, but in Cy Young voting, Travis, from 2011 to 2014, four straight years, finished first, second, first, first. Um, that's an all-time great four-year run, honestly. It, Definitely. It goes up with any four-year run. You look at guys like Randy, guys like Maddox, Koufax. Guys had great four-year stretches. Kershaw's, you can't say it's any worse than those guys. It's in the same tier. Um, obviously, it capped it off in that 2014 MVP to cap off that great dominant four-year stretch. All four years of those, he led the MLB in ERA. And uh, a 156 career ERA plus is second best ever after Jacob deGrom if you exclude um, uh, relievers like Marion Rivera and Negro leaguers like Bullet Rogan and Bill Foster, who um, it's just hard to track their stats essentially. But I like um, that. I like but, that getting the Negro leagues involved too. I yeah. mean, they are on the leaderboard, rightfully so. It's just kind of hard to track their stats and compare them directly. But um, they do have higher. Bullet Rogan and Bill Foster do have the higher ERA pluses. But um, uh, for active players, it's um, it's Degrom just a hair above Kershaw. Kershaw's right there next to him. Um, he's only thirty three, Travis. I know. He still has a lot to accomplish. Feels like he's 43. <laughs> yeah, he has a lot to accomplish. And he's maybe this year took a bit of a step back. But looking at what he did in 2020 in that shortened season, was able to stay healthy. It kind of shows if he can have a healthy few more years, Travis, I think he can end up being a top 10 pitcher ever. I honestly think he has that kind of potential. Looking at how many years he has left. Um, and then I wrote down some pitchers here, Travis, that I kind of have him compared to. I think right now if he retired today... He'd already be a top seven left-handed pitcher ever. I have done the names Koufax, Randy, 
Lefty Grove, Steve Carlton, Tom Glavin. I think those guys, you could argue, are all like above him. But essentially, I, I don't think that um, if he retired today, there's anyone else that's really above him. But um, that, that guy, that's where I'm at with him. But um, yeah, Travis, in the next couple of seasons, I could see him even passing some of those guys. Um, I, where, where are you at with Kershaw? Yeah, I mean, I look at one stat and one stat only that just said, I mean, I'm just blown away. And that is a career ERA under 2.5. I mean, we're talking about the greats in Verlander, Scherzer, uh, Granke, all ERAs above a 3. Mm-hmm. And Kershaw isn't even above a 2.5. It's just... It's, it's, a of, it's a different level, honestly. You almost, you're almost looking at a guy that should be pitching in, in the 1911, 1912. I mean, just yeah. by looking at those ERA numbers, uh, it's incredible for Kershaw. Yeah, for him, it's a dead ball era. He definitely was. And he is, I think, in my mind, the best pitcher in the 2010s era. Um, you look at that decade, Kershaw is definitely leading that squad in the rotation. Um, just the numbers he's put up is just staggering, in my opinion. Um, but, of course, like you said, he's got a lot to prove still. Will get to probably 3,000 strikeouts in his career, battling, of course, with health. Um, and then, of course, 200 wins. So a lot of milestones coming up for Kershaw um, that will even better his chances. But even if you know ERA just goes up a ton the next couple seasons, he's already put together a profile um, that is Hall of Fame worthy. And he will be uh, first ballot Hall of Famer in my eyes. Yeah, I, I completely agree. And most of the guys in this conversation, Travis, are guys who are kind of either there's those trout and there's everyone else is kind of guys who are like at the end of their career almost. Definitely, yeah. But Kershaw's a guy who's only 33, and if he retired today, he would be a first ball Hall of Famer, I'm pretty sure. But um, moving on now, uh, Albert Pujols is also on this list. He's our, he's our last guy in this top tier, Travis, of like these pretty much surefire Hall of Famers. Um, Albert Pujols, Travis, there's just no doubt, first ballot, 99.7 career baseball reference war. Negative on the year. I believe he was at 100 to start the season. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but unfortunately, dipped below negative on baseball reference war. Um, he's almost at 3,300 career hits, 3,300, which is uh, just another impressive milestone for him. He's gonna, You're going to keep seeing him on, on Instagram and Twitter until the day he retires probably. Um, 678 home runs. 11-year uh, dominant stretch, Travis, from 01 to 2011. I know you love talking about how good that decade that was. Prime, yeah. But um, I'm talking about uh, 10 years of those 11, he was top five in MVP, which is, uh, that's insane. That's like Mike Trout and Pools. I don't know who else has done that besides those two guys. But um, obviously the Angels decade for him was, uh, production-wise, much, much more painful. But um, there's just no way, even with the Angels thing in mind, there's no way you could have him any lower than third best first baseman ever. And he's probably third, second when it's all said and done, some will argue first. But mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. Lou Gehrig, Jimmy Fox, Albert Pujols, those three are the big three of first base of all time. Definitely. And he is in that class. He's a first ballot Hall of Famer. Definitely, definitely. That prime with the Cardinals, like I said, was just insane to watch and insane to look at these stats. Um, almost putting up Larry Walker, you know, career years every season with Albert Pujols. Uh, this guy, I think, is a guy that will definitely be getting about, you know, 95 to 90% or higher of the vote. Um, I think the writers loved him. I think that the fans, of course, loved him wherever he played or played against. Uh, Our Pujols will be an easy bank first ballot Hall of Famer. Yeah, no, no, no denying that. Um, glad we agree about all those guys, all surefire bets, Hall of Famers. Most of them likely to be in the first round. Uh, moving on now to Travis. These are going to now, now be, we get to the debates. Yeah, now it's going to be a little bit less of agreement. Hopefully, we have some good discussion. So all these guys, folks, are not going to be locks, and they're not going to be uh, definitely nots. They're going to be somewhere in the middle. Um, so starting off, Travis, Chris Sale. Um, 
in my mind, this decade, you think about this decade, he's pretty close to like Granky and Verlander and Kershaw, but um, he just has not played quite as much as those other guys and does not have the, the Cy Youngs that they do. Some of the career accolades are not quite the same. Um, 46.4 baseball reference war for him. I think he needs a few healthy seasons in order to kind of catch up with the Scherzer, Granky types um, to catch them in like the accolades and stuff. But he is over 2,000 Ks already at age 32. So he can really be that 3,000 K kind of guy in which, like we said, that pretty much locks you into the Hall of Fame if you get to that milestone. Um, he has great advanced stats numbers too, Travis. His career flip, his career FIP is below 3.0, which is means that he really has just been dominant, um, a dominant modern pitcher. And yeah, I think I think he has the strikeout numbers and the, the the good FIP and stuff to be dominant for a few more years here, which I think that's what it'll take to make him a first ballot kind of guy. But I think a good, a, a good more few seasons, I think he's in there for sure. So where, yeah. where are you at with Chris I'm Sale? I'm actually with you exactly. I think Chris Sale, uh, when I think of 2010 era, when I think of like the best starting five pitching staff in that era, I think, of course, Kershaw, Verlander, Granke, Scherzer, and also Chris Sale. Chris Sale with the crazy windup and delivery. Um, nobody else matches it. And then, like you said, the strikeouts. He'll be at 3,000 strikeouts by the end of his career. And then also the ERA, just a tick above three, almost a, you know, almost a sub uh, three ERA for the career. Yeah. Um, the only thing that kind of does suck is he has kind of the Nolan Ryan curse where no Cy Youngs, every single season putting together a great season, a couple top five finishes, actually a lot of top five finishes, yeah. but can never really get over the hump and win that Cy Young. Um, we'll see, maybe he can put together something in the future. But uh, definitely a guy that I will see in Cooperstown. Maybe not first ballot, but I think this tier we're talking more about who can we see in their 10 years on the ballot definitely getting in. I think Chris Sale will definitely get into the Hall of Fame um, when his time has come. I agree. I agree. Um, moving on now to uh, Giancarlo Stanton, Travis. 43.4 career baseball reference war, an MVP award to his name, which is obviously a big deal for voters. 338 career home runs, and he's still just 31 years old. So 500 home runs is very much in play. And I guess the way I kind of try to phase to kind of assess him, I feel like the 500s make or break. I think if he hit the 500 home runs, I think he's in. I think if he doesn't, I think he's probably not in. And so I think it really comes down to that. Um, I think 500 makes you a lock, obviously, um, unless you get, you know, steroids, pretty much 500, you're in for sure. That's the way it's been. Um, and it'll come down to his health because that's been the issue. So if he can stay healthy, get to that 500, I think he's in. If he gets the injuries, wear him down, doesn't get to that 500 number, I think he won't get in. So uh, where are you at with that? That's a great way to put it, too. And I was he was on my maybe list because, you like you said, it, 500 kind of is your lock. It's kind of like 3,000 hits, 3,000 strikeouts. There's a lot of different stats that I feel like if you accomplish that, it's kind of like your lock to get in. 500, I think, is his lock. Because, I mean, you're looking at the batting average and you look at the on-base, it's really not Hall of Fame numbers um, from a corner outfielder. And ever since he really joined the Yankees, he has just been really kind of a letdown and disappointment um, ever since that 2017 Miami season where it was just, he was battling Maris for, you know, 61 home runs, yeah. finishing with 59. Um, an insane season that year. But I, I'm a really big maybe on Giancarlo. I think if he gets 500, he can definitely uh, have a really good shot. But with him right now, battling injuries and also some of these stats are going down. Um, I don't know too many guys that might be in the Hall of Fame with a sub, you know, 260 average. Um, and it's looking like that way with John Collar with the numbers keep on going down. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm in that same boat with you. 500 home runs, I think, is his make or break. Yeah, uh, I, I I honestly think 
I, like I said, the Yankees, you mentioned his decline. It's been pretty steep. Um, a big thing has been the injuries. It's going to come down to if he can stay on the field, I think he's a great shot because his every year we see it, Travis, his exit velocity numbers, his power, like his just raw power, has always been good. Um, the home runs come down to if he's on the field or not. So we know, we know he has the raw power. Um, if he's on the field, I think he makes it. But like you said, uh, only 31, got plenty of time to go, but has to be on the field or else uh, there's obviously no shot. Definitely, yeah. So next up, uh, I have actually Anthony Rizzo, a first baseman, obviously, um, was a you know Cub icon up until his recent trade at the deadline to the New York Yankees, hoping to make a postseason uh, push for them. Uh, 36.7 career base reference war. Still just 32 years old, so still got a good amount of time ahead of him. So it might be hard to kind of say where he's at right now. Um, he would need, I think, a few more seasons on the level of his 2019 in order to kind of get him in this Hall of Fame conversation. Right now, he's not really on the same tier as the guys we're talking about, I think. But in 2019, he had a 138 OPS plus, a 4.2 uh, B war, and I think he had over a 400 on base percentage, which was uh, top uh, top five, I think, in the National League. So um, factoring all that in, he also plays great defense. I believe he has a platinum glove to his name, if I'm not mistaken. So I think the odds are looking like it's probably a no for his career, but he's still only 32 and has time to prove himself more. He's not going to get to any of the huge milestone numbers. Um, and I think the biggest thing that might hurt him, Travis, is that first base is so dense with talent this decade. Freeman, Rizzo... But you look at Cabrera, Pujols in the last two decades. Um, the list goes on. Adrian Gonzalez. Tons of guys who are super talented. The position, Prince Fielder. Last decade or two. Um, so much talent at first base, it's going to be hard to get in because there's so much good competition for him. But where are you at with Rizzo right now? Uh, same thing with you, man. I am not leaning on it right now. I mean, the only thing that does suck with, with, with these lists that we made, there's a lot of guys that still have a lot of the career, you know, this is their 10th year in the in the league. So they still have a good amount of, you know, time left to really prove themselves. But uh, like you said, with comparisons, uh, Rizzo to me is not showing that he will be a Hall of Famer. Um, a lot of good numbers. I think he could be kind of like one of those Keith Hernandez's. Um, that really has a good career, a solid player. We remember yeah. Anthony Rizzo as just that, almost that captain for that Chicago club yeah. Cubs team. Um, but right now, I don't see it being uh, a true Hall of Famer with all the numbers he's been putting up. Like you said, won't reach the milestones. So um, for me right now, uh, I'm going to go ahead and say that no, Anthony Rizzo will probably not be a Hall of Famer. But still, of course, a special and a good career for him. Yeah, yeah, I agree with it right now. I think it's definitely leaning no. Um, the thing is, He's still only 32. If the on-base numbers can stay high, if he keeps walking a lot, and if he keeps the defense up, I think it's a shot. But it, like we said, mm-hmm. it's an outside mm-hmm. shot for now. Um, moving on now to Nelson Cruz, Travis. An interesting case because really he did play some outfield in his time, but I think he'll be remembered as a DH for uh, a lot of his career. Obviously, you know, famously was in right field, Travis, for that crazy David Freeze triple that got the Cardinals back into that uh, World Series winning game, uh, game six on the win game seven. Um, but Travis Nelson Cruz, 42.2 career base reference war, which is not that high for a Hall of Famer for a 41-year-old, but it's a DH. He doesn't play defense. So having a war that high for a guy who doesn't play defense, or when he does, it's very bad defense, is pretty crazy. Um, playing DH is a whole different game. He hit, he hit his 445th home run today, and Travis, I think just like Stanton, it is a make or break. Can you get to 500? If so, you're probably in, and if not, you're probably not because uh, he's not going to get any other milestones. We know that for sure. Um, 
Essentially, Travis, I'm kind of an optimist when it comes to Nelson Cruz. I think that if he has three more this year, which is very reasonable, then he would just need 27 next year and 25 the following year, and he'd be at 500. So if you think he has two healthy years in him, um, it's very doable. His best year uh, might have been 2019, and then in 2020, his OPS Plus went up. So if you think that you know this old man Cruz still has it, um, I think he has a very good shot. Uh, with the Rays, he's been kind of slumping, but his home run percentage is still the same it was with the Twins. So I am kind of an optimist on Cruz. I think I'm leaning towards yes, as long as he doesn't lose his pop at like 42, all of a sudden just hits a wall. If that doesn't happen, I think he will get the 500 because especially if the DH world gets expanded to the National League, I really do see... Um, I do see him being a viable piece to a team. Travis, we're talking about Albert Pools might get picked up next season by a Cardinals-type team or someone who wants to give him a farewell journey. If Albert Pools is getting looked at as like a potential pinch-hit guy to continue his milestone chase, why would Cruz not be considered? Cruz has been the elite hitter the last two, three years. So I'm kind of an optimist. I think he could get to the 500 spot. And if he gets that 500 home runs, he'll be a Hall of Famer. So I'm leaning towards yes, but it's going to be hard. It's going to be 500 or bust in my mind. I think you had a great point right there. 500 or bust for Nelson Cruz for me too. Um, not a lot of awards for Nelson Cruz. Um, as of late, of course, like you said, he has really burst on the scene as of late. I really can see him, um, like you said, the way you pointed out, 500 home runs is a very realistic thing for Nelson Cruz. Um, we'll have to see. But uh, yeah, for being a DH and for being a guy that, you know, put together, uh, I would say a solid, you know, seven years, the last seven years have been really, you know, good for Nelson Cruz. Um, it'll be an interesting case. It'll really be interesting to say what he does right now. Of course, I'm going to be leaning, I'm going to be leaning on the no side just because of where he's at. And, you know, I think the 500 home runs is like you said, the big make or break for him. Uh, we'll have to see, but right now I think it's in the no realm but I think with the 500, it definitely puts it in that very good maybe possibility. It'll be really hard to grade him with being a DH. Right, yeah. Yeah, well, well put. Um, moving on now, Travis, uh, Craig Kimbrell. Uh, I'll let you take the main lead on this because I know you're a huge Kimbrell advocate. But just as a preface to the listeners, 33 years old, 21.8 base reference war, which war for a closer is really hard to kind of assess because their role is so different, right, Travis? Um you almost like say, okay, you're only given one inning every few games, so you don't want to kind of grade him too harshly on the war, uh, stuff like that. But 372 saves, that's ninth all time. I did not realize he was already up at ninth. He's top 10 all time in saves. He's only 33. Still clearly has gas in the tank based on what he did this year uh, in Chicago. A 190 career ERA plus, but the main knock on him is Travis. He only has 618.2 innings pitched in his whole career which is obviously not a lot. Um, that's the one knock I would say, but go ahead and make your case for Kimbrel real quick. Yeah, I think when you look at, of course, a prime of Kimbrel, the prime is, uh, the peak of Kimbrel is very insane in the early 2000s with Atlanta. Um, was Mariano Rivera-esque? I mean, he was the best closer in the game when Mariano was kind of slumping a bit. Um, had a little bit of a setback, and then, uh, you know, has really burst on the scene this year, um, having a great season. So I give Kimbrell uh, a Hall of Fame nod. Here's the thing. I don't think he can get it until probably like year six, year seven. Closers and relief pitchers have a very hard time on the ballot. As we've seen, a guy like Billy Wagner is still on the ballot. And me and you both will get into that later on when we yeah. cover the next ballot's uh, Hall of Fame players. But you know what? Um, I think Kimbrell's a guy that will get on. I think when you look at closers, he's one of the best closers in 
uh, the game and you look at the 2010s, when you look at that decade, Kimbrell is a guy that probably would be the top closer um, if you had to make an all-decade team. Um, Kimbrell is your number one guy closing out uh, games for that decade. So uh, I give him a strong push. And also the saves, like you said, he's really had a crazy resurgence this year. And I think this is what's going to be so special is um, he'll get to 400 saves. Um, and 500 saves could be realistic right now, and you'd be looking in, into that Trevor Hoffman territory and Mariano Rivera territory. So um, it'll be interesting. Yeah, like we said, 33 years old, still a lot to prove. Um, if you can keep adding these numbers, it looks more and more likely. Travis, real quick, 618.2 innings pitched. And like we mentioned, Billy Wagner, I think, is around the 800 innings pitched mark. And I think that's a reason a lot of voters don't want to go for these closer types. I just kind of want to advocate for the closers. I think that more closers need to make the Hall of Fame. I think a lot of voters who are watched baseball, you know, decades ago are not used to how dominant. Because this these days, Travis, every good team has a good closer or at least good relief pitchers. Whereas back in the day, it was not as much of a prominent position. It was mostly your starting pitcher could go eight or could go all nine, you know, regularly back in the 50s, 60s, 70s. But... Uh, the closer role becoming so prominent these days, I think voters need to kind of adjust for that and say, okay, if you were the best closer in the game for a five-year stretch, you pretty much were the best at your job in a five-year stretch. It's almost like you were the best hitter for a five-year stretch yeah. or yeah. the best defender in center field for a five-year stretch. You did your job better than anyone for a good amount of time. So in my mind, Kimbrell, I really think, should be almost pretty much a lock at this point, but it will come down to, I guess, how the voters kind of see closers when his time does come. Moving on, Travis. Jose Altuve, one of the most controversial figures probably that will be on the ballot. Um, 31 years old, so still a lot of time to add to his resume. Already at 40.2 uh, B war, 17.46 career hits. Definitely looking like 3,000 is on the table um, if he ends up keeping up the, sp- the momentum. 330 doubles, which is a great number to be at. 260 steals and an MVP award, three batting titles. All these kind of numbers kind of tell me he's been really a complete player this decade. Um, kind of does a lot on the baseball field for the Houston Astros. Um, obviously a big reason why they won that World Series ring. There will always, always be the asterisk of the 2017 Astros, um, you know, were essentially accused and proven of trash can stealing signs. You all probably know the story by now. But um, it's going to come down to how the voters kind of view him. For me, Travis... For me personally, I think he's pretty much should be a lock. And that's just based on my own opinion on the cheating. Um, he also was a great postseason performer at a .942 OPS in the postseason. Um, many teammates do say he was did not take a huge part in the cheating. But um, it's really a, a silly situation where we will probably never know the full details. I think that I think the league office is going to lock those details away for a long time. Um when it comes down to it, I think that his talent was on a level where even if there was some cheating going on, he still hit 400 batting average Harris on the road in his 2017 MVP season. I think he's an all-time great player. Some players may hate him forever. Some fans may hate him forever. I think he still deserves to be in the Hall of Fame at some point. If the cheating is too much to overcome for him, I would understand that. But I would vote for him to go in. I think I would do two of the same thing. Um, I think you're right. 3,000 hits will be on his horizon. Um, it'll be interesting to see what he finishes off at. Um, and with Altuve, you know, 
I think he's kind of like the righty Joe Morgan that we're seeing today, mm, being good. a small, interesting, um, kind of just a just a pain in a lot of teams' rear ends. Yeah. Um, and and you know look at look at that 2014 to 2018 um, span, every single year winning the Silver Slugger at second base. Um, just a great second baseman with all the uh, the right numbers, and also looking even at even at the pop. Uh, you know, hitting 24 home runs at the second base position, hitting 31 home runs in 2019. Um, and then you look at also uh, the one MVP finish as well. Um, I think certain positions and certain guys, that MVPs and those rewards are something that is very helpful in their Hall of Fame trajectory. I think it really boosts some people's Hall of Fame careers. Um, and like you said, I would definitely vote for him. I think he should be a Hall of Famer um, with what he's been through and, you know, what he's provided to the Houston Astros. I know the whole change scandal will get looked at. And it'll be, you know, maybe even viewed as the same as, you know, Barry Bonds or Sammy Sosa or the whole steroid era. Um, but I think Altuve proven himself that he is definitely one of the best second basemen of all time. Um, and I think that, you know, like you said, 3,000 hits will be one of the main questions for him. It's funny that a lot of these players right now, um, we're looking at certain milestones as being, can he get there? If he gets there, is he, is he the guy to get to the Hall of Fame? But I think he will. Um, in my mind, Jose Altuve uh, should be a Hall of Famer. Uh, just looking at the numbers, I, I think he, he's just a really balanced all-around good hitter. I mean, some of these years, I mean, the power was insane. And some of the other years, the contact and the, and the batting averages were insane. Um, in the 2017 season, you know, 346 average with, you know, 24 homers. Um, it's a lot, a lot of good numbers, even 32 stolen bags on the year. Um, he kind of brought everything in his career to the table. Yeah, and even though that that 2017 ring will always have that asterisk, Travis, it almost I think will help his case that they did win because if they did not win, um, it'd be kind of one of those good teams that never made it. But the fact that they were winners and the Travis just last year we saw them in the ALCS once again, and this year look this year looking like the best team in the American League so far. Um, obviously the Rays have a very good shot to take them down, but it will come down to a hopefully a, a nice ALCS we might be able to see between them. But either way, Travis. Um, the continued, uh, the continued great play from the Astros, I think, only helps Altuve's case going forward. But now we can switch over to uh, Paul Goldschmidt. Paul Goldschmidt, Travis, forty-nine baseball reference WAR, thirty-three years old. Um, he's not currently on pace to really hit any of the major career milestones. Also, not really looking like he has that many accolades or will get many accolades, like no MVPs. Not a huge, uh, you know, silver soccer gold, gold glove guy. He does have some of each. But not like a, he's just kind of like a, just kind of a balanced, not he's, really. He's super under the radar. Under the radar, balanced, didn't get a lot of the awards, um, but a great prime. And he had a week 2019, particularly the 2019, and he had great consistency in the rest of those uh, seasons, both as a Diamondback and even now as a Cardinal, having a good season for himself. Um, I think I'm definitely leaning no for him, but. He is still being pretty consistent at, at age 33, and his war is already at 49. If he can get up to that 65, 70 war in his late 30s, if he can get to that kind of point, all of a sudden you have to kind of say, okay, you know, start looking at him a little bit more closely. Right now I'm leaning no, but I'm not closing the door on him yet. He's definitely not the attractive pick right now in the Hall of Fame. I mean, Paul Goldschmidt has definitely played for markets that are not noticeable. He's not playing for New York. He's not playing for L.A., Played for the Diamondbacks in Arizona was a very, um, you know, being on the West Coast, East Coast doesn't even see this guy play. If you play on the West Coast, you better be making some noise. You better be making the headlines for you to get the attraction from the whole entire nation. And when you're playing in Arizona, that's not really a winning ball club. 
Um, it's kind of hard to do that. Now moving to St. Louis, um, we saw some of the numbers actually dip a little bit. From 2020, though, he did have a really good season in 2020, but um, 19 and 2021, it's been it's been decent, but um, not the same what we saw in Arizona. I think when you even look at some of the on-base numbers, he was, he was a stud in Arizona with the mm-hmm. on-base numbers and the OPS in general, OPS plus two. Um, it's crazy when you look at it because 907 career OPS and a 940 or 141 OPS plus. I think we both that's super can, good. That's still that's still super super good and a nine two ninety two batting average. Um, and then you look at the pop and the counting stats; those are kind of a little disappointing as well. But um, I would have to be leaning no right now with you. I'm going to agree with you. Um, but it'll be interesting. I mean, he is he's a guy that just I feel like in the beginning of his career was a very good first baseman. Um, and he was the best first baseman until a guy we'll be talking about in a little bit took over his uh, pretty much reins from him. But yeah, I mean, he's just kind of a really interesting guy because he's not a popular name, but he still puts up very good numbers. So um, I'm leaning no if I was a betting man, but um, you know, crazy things can happen with him. You know, definitely a guy that's going to keep on getting a good on base numbers. Um, you know, as we see a 352 average right now, uh, a 352 on base in St. Louis, um, not terrible, but you know what? Uh, I can see possibly maybe a little, even a, a nice little second peak of his career yeah. as we go forward. Um, and it'll be interesting, but, um, uh, I think you put it best. I think it's, it's kind of just a, a really good maybe right now for Paul Goldschmidt. Yeah. Uh, I like you mentioned that second peak kind of potential. I did it right down. Actually, he might need a big moment or big season late in his career, to really help him out and give him like a, an extra kind of push. If the Cardinals keep him around and they make up uh, a World Series bid, you know, in a couple seasons here, um, all of a sudden things can kind of change if he kind of proves to be a viable veteran to like a younger team or something like that. It really come down to uh, when it's all said and done, where his numbers are at right now, looking like projected, not so much a Hall of Famer, but a great career. Travis, you also mentioned other first basemen. It's been such a dense position this decade. Guys like Votto, Guys like Freeman, we'll be talking about these guys later on. Rizzo, we already mentioned. So much talent at first base. Great hitters, all of them in different ways. It's hard to kind of shine when the field is so good. But moving on now, Travis, to uh, Adam Wainwright. Uh, 40 years old and uh, having a great year himself, actually. A 44.3 baseball reference war on his career. uh, 181 career wins. A 3.35 career average which is not on the level of the other guys we're talking about earlier, the other pitchers, but a 2.89 ERA in the postseason, which is a significant step better. He has 120 ERA plus for his career, but only three seasons above a 150 ERA plus. So just kind of like consistently solid pitcher, consistently very good, not really, rarely amazingly great, um, kind of somewhere in the middle in my mind. Um, and not going to really hit any of the big milestones unless he has some sort of um, crazy things happen. But um, essentially, Travis, he's had a really good resurgence these last two seasons. Good years. I'm glad he's going to have them, but I don't think it tips to scale for me that much. I'm leaning towards no for Adam Wainwright. Yeah, and I, I think we had this discussion, honestly, even a year ago, um, and I was kind of giving a good case, um, and you threw out one name that didn't make the Hall of Fame that had better numbers, and it was a guy like Johan Santana. Yeah. Um, and it kind of falls in that pitchers are very, of course, some pitchers, you know, we, we look at me and you say, man, this guy's having a great career. He had a great career, but you're right. I mean, the numbers, they just don't stack up with those of the elite. Adam Wainwright, well, I think will go down as definitely one of the best pitchers in the Cardinals organization and yeah. Cardinals history. 
um, helping them, you know, get to a ton of World Series champion or World Series appearances and even win uh, World Series. But yeah, I don't think Adam Wainwright will be a Hall of Famer. I think he's going to remain on the ballot for all 10 years. And I think he'll be a guy that definitely probably inches up every couple of years. Um, but, you know, I don't think in his 10th year he'll be getting um, into the Hall of Fame for what he's done. But still, I mean, a really amazing career. You know, look at 2009 to 2014, a really good prime, you know, finishing in the top three of Cy Young's those years. Um, I think he really had his rival in Kershaw in those years because uh, those two were always neck and neck in the early 2010s. Um, and so, yeah, I, I would really say Wainwright will be a guy that, yeah, won't be won't be making it. Sad to say, but uh, a really good career. Yeah, when people talk about Hall of Fame stuff, Travis, um, there's usually this conversation about do they belong in the Hall of Fame or they just should be they should be in the Hall of Very Good. And in my mind, he's definitely a Hall of Very Good kind yeah, of guy. Yeah. Unfortunately, I don't think he makes that cut, but he did have a great career. A very good career. I may rephrase that. Definitely. Um, moving on now, Travis, Madison Bumgarner, um, 32 years old, which is a lot younger than many may Another think. Another Kershaw. Did not know he was only 32. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 37.8 uh, B war so far, a 3.28 ERA, which is very, you know, it's not that far off from guys like Granky, guys like Verlander. But what I will say is it seems like he's really skidding recently. Since the beginning of 2019, Travis, to now, a 20, uh, sorry, a 97 ERA plus. So really a below average pitcher if you combine the last three seasons. Obviously, one of those seasons has been shortened and there's been some injuries as well. Um, but uh, postseason legend. 2.11 ERA in a 102.1 postseason innings pitched. Three rings, a World Series MVP. I still think he has a lot to do because he's only 32 years old, but it'll take a lot, a lot more in my mind for him to make uh, the Hall of Fame. I don't think the postseason kind of insanity alone does the job for me. Yeah, I mean, you talk about a postseason Hall of Famer, Absolutely. I mean, his postseason numbers are incredible. And that 2014 run with the Giants was absolutely uh, another level, another level of that. Um, But yeah, I mean, right now you look at the ERA at a 3.28. It's only going to get higher from what we've seen the last three years. It's probably going to be, you know, north of 3.5, 3.7. He probably won't be a Hall of Famer, um, I will say, just by what the trends we're seeing. Um, a really good career for Mad Bum, but like you said, the postseason I think is what we really think about with Mad Bum. Um, regular season is something that we don't really think of for. If you want a guy on the mound, you don't think of Mad Bum. If you talk about postseason, at least for the last ten years, I think everyone would say, "Who would you rather have in a, in a Game Seven start the last ten seasons?" Madison Bumgarner's name is going to come up because of how clutch he was in the postseason. But I think that that alone won't get him to six or seventy-five percent of the votes. Um, I think he will, of course, miss out on the Hall of Fame. Agreed there. Um, Moving on, Travis, Manny Machado, next on my list here. 44.7 B-War as a 29-year-old. That's a lot. I think he's actually put himself in a very good spot for this first half of his career. He's had 1,400 hits and 247 home runs. So he's only 29 years old. He's pretty much the halfway point for both of those milestones, trying to get to 3,000 hits, trying to get to 500 home runs. Um, I think both those numbers are kind of in play. But honestly, Travis, I keep having this in my mind of, I think his career numbers give me like uh, McGriff vibes, where like just short of kind of both milestones, right? Um, I think that that might be a similar thing. Machado could end up going down the same kind of path um, if he ends up just shy of the 3,000 and 500 marks. 
But what I will say, Travis, he has been an elite defender so far in his career. And he's such a great arm that I think that could age well um, at third base. Um, even if he loses a step of speed, he still has that great arm. If he keeps the reaction time pretty solid, he can play great defense into his 30s. And I think that's going to continue helping his war. In my mind, I'm leaning towards yes for Manny Machado. Still a lot more to do, only 29 years old. I'm leaning towards yes for Manny Machado Hall of Fame. I think yes as well. Um, I think defense definitely helps him. He is an elite defender yeah. and is showing to have a very elite bat as as of late. Uh, I definitely see him being in the Hall of Fame. I think he's one of those guys that will definitely be there uh, with with just the you know how long he'll be successful getting to the league at nineteen. That is also that's a very strong hint a, right a there. A huge head start, yeah. And so with the Gold Gloves, with the glove that he's had, um, I think Machado will definitely be a Hall of Fame Hall of Famer as um, as his career winds down, but. You know, I think the next 10 years, it'll be all about winning with that Padres organization. It'll be interesting to see if he can, you know, get down any rings, get down some clutch postseason hits. Um, I think that's what most maybe analysts and writers will be looking at as his career winds down in the next decade or so. Um, but for my guess, I would say Machado will be a Hall of Famer. Charles, I think we were just thinking the same exact thoughts when we were making our list because I also put it's a big deal he's on San Diego because yeah. they are a contender for the next few seasons here for sure. And then, you know, if Tati's obviously going to be sticking around for a while, if they can keep guys like Cronenworth, keep some of those pitchers, they're going to be contenders for a while, you'd yeah. think. If Machado can stick around, we're looking at potential for postseason big moments, I, which I think will you, only help his case. Definitely. And I think you look at defense, he checks off the list right there. I think you look at offense, I think in an all-time, all, all sudden done, he'll be checking off that list too. And then, like you said, postseason, is this guy been effective in the playoffs? I think that could be checked off too, but the team, have, of course, has to rally with it. Um, I think losing out on this season would be very disappointing for Padres fans and, of course, the organization. I think it'd yeah. be kind of an, a, a really, at least, really sad miss. At least need to make the wild card definitely, game and definitely. show that it wasn't a waste getting all those big pieces. But moving on, Travis, Buster Posey, another just kind of icon of the decade. Uh, 34 years old, 44.2 base reference war, uh, three World Series rings, which is a big deal for these Giants guys. A batting title as a catcher, a rookie of the year as a catcher, an MVP as a catcher, and in that MVP season, he had a 171 OPS plus as a catcher. Travis, that is almost like a Mike Trout kind of OPS plus number. He was a catcher in his, I believe it was his third season at the time, something like that. Um, I think also this season, how good he's been is helping him a lot because he is definitely, I'm thinking, a top 10 NL MVP vote-getter this season. We'll see how it ends up with like the games played um, because I think actually one thing I wrote down here is uh, Casale has been his backup this season. I think it's really helped his numbers a lot that he kind of gets the rest he needs. Like I said, he's a 34-year-old catcher. Um, he doesn't give me the same Yadier Molina vibes. Where Yadi Yadi feels like an Iron Man almost, like he's gonna yeah. play every mm-hmm. game whether you like it or not. Posey, I think, is gonna pace himself. I think it's gonna help his career numbers, his career averages. Um, his OPS this year has really benefited from these days off. I'm sure. Um, not a big career milestone guy, but I think how good his peak was, plus the MVP, plus this late resurgence, I'm leaning towards yes for Buster Posey. I am the same way too. Uh, the resurgence is huge. What he did in the beginning of his career was absolutely monumental for a catcher. Um, we don't see many catchers do what he did in the beginning of his career. Um, and I think that when you look at the end of Buster Posey, I mean, what a winner. Um, and then you look at some of these advanced stats and also some of these um, you know, percentage stats. Very impressive. 
um, for a catcher. And so I think Buster Posey right now is definitely on the trend for a Hall of Fame um, bound player and catcher. Um, I know some guys have said, you know, Buster Posey's kind of a washed up guy. He won't be, he won't make any really consideration. I think that they're, uh, they need to do a pretty much a deeper dive into his numbers. I mean, I think we, we, we thought he fell off in after 2014, after the World Series, but putting up great numbers in 2015, 2016, 2017, I mean, he still had very good seasons with that batting average. So uh, I think Buster Posey will definitely be in Cooperstown one day. And then now moving on, Travis, uh, Corey Kluber, a guy who had a great peak. Um, he's now 35 years old. So I was looking at that peak is probably over and done with almost certainly. 33.2 baseball offense war in his career. Has an ERA title. Has two Cy Young, two Cy Young, Award winner, two Cy Young Award trophies in his trophy closet, Travis. And a lot of guys we've mentioned cannot say that. That's a very uh, nice achievement for him. Uh, a great prime, but only at 1,000. 403.2 career innings pitched. Not that high of a number for a guy who you think of as a starting pitcher who was good for a decade. Only at 1,400. Not uh, super impressive for me. 20 starts, 20 games started since the beginning of 2019. Uh, in my mind, I think this lack of longevity is really going to kill him. I'm leaning towards highly unlikely for Corey Kluber. I think if he had had a great 2019, if he was healthy in 2020, um, and if he was still good with the Yankees this year, I think he'd have a much better shot. But the inconsistency of his playtime is killing it for me. Where are you at with Kluber? Definitely well said. Uh, same thing. The The prime was was great for Kluber, uh, but the longevity is a big problem. Um, and then I think the fallout right now that we've seen the last couple seasons, um, it's very hard to consider him a Hall of Famer, especially with how he's aging too. You know, was a rookie at 25, that's a very old age to be a rookie uh -huh. if you want to be a successful Hall of Famer in the MLB. Uh, don't see him at all. Get him, get him. you know, 5% of the vote. I definitely can see him staying on the ballot, but I think a guy like him uh, will not be a Hall of Famer. I think it's pretty certain. Um, so, yeah, we, I seem like we were agreeing there. Trust, I seem like we were agreeing on a lot of this. Too much I think agreeing, we're just, yeah. just great minds think alike, but, you know, <laughs> hopefully we get some arguments here going forwards. Um, Ryan Braun next on the list, Travis. Actually not playing this year, but I believe he was trying to get signed for a team. Either way, we're talking about 37-year-old, 47.1 base reference war, an MVP to his name, a rookie of the year to his name, led the NL and OPS twice. And I think he actually aged very well because usually when guys get older, Travis, their OPS will start to dip. But OPS plus for Braun was never below 100. So talking about a guy's every year of his career, start to finish, uh, as it stands right now, Never was a blow average hitter through any of it, which is obviously a good nod to him. Um, I think he would have a much more solid shot, but the performance-enhancing drug suspension he served more or less kills it in my mind. Um, he is just not on the level where you could say, um, oh, even if he didn't take steroids, he'd still be elite. But I really don't know with him because I think some of those career numbers drop quite a bit and maybe he loses that MVP award if not for the steroids. So... Because of that suspension, I think I definitely have to say it's a no for him. Um, otherwise, it'd be an interesting conversation. I think for me, he's he's like on the uh, Corey Kluber train. I think that, you know, uh, 14 years played in the league, had a great prime. The first couple seasons of his career were basically Ryan Braun's time to shine. Yeah. After 2012, top player in the it league. really definitely fell off. Mm -hmm. um, still a good player, but I think not the same that we saw in those MVP years 
and those all those silver slug years. Um, a great Milwaukee Brewer, but I think um, the scandal and all that stuff will definitely hurt him. And I think that just with not having as big as prime or at least not having the longevity, that'll hurt him too. Ryan Braun, of course, will not be a Hall of Famer. Mm-hmm. Uh, moving on, Travis. Uh, Salvador Perez now I have here. Talking about a 31-year-old, 29.2 career baseball reference war. Um, we This is a guy who we've been divided on, Travis. I'm hoping we get our first actual discussion here. Um, a guy who's having a great season this season in terms of his home run total. Uh, he's currently second place in all of them will be in home runs as of this season. Um, his 2020 batting and his 2021 season of offense both kind of show some hope that maybe his second half of his career can have some great power to him. I can see him transitioning to a first base kind of role in a few years here maybe um, and continuing to kind of try to put up home run numbers, try to climb a leaderboard in some sort of way. Um, I actually have a comparison here, Travis. I have Salvador Perez's 10 seasons, his career numbers written down with another mystery player's first 10 seasons of their career. And I want to kind of see how you think these two guys compare to each other. I'm good. Let's go. You want to do that right now? Yeah. Okay. So first I'm going to go over Salvador Perez, and there's also this mystery catcher, both catchers. So these are the first 10 seasons of both of their careers. Um, I'll tell you this. So Perez, these are numbers from 2011 to 2021, and those that don't know, he did not play the 2019 season. So that's 10 seasons for him. 193 home runs. This mystery catcher in his first 10 seasons, 142. So advantage Perez. Um, career batting average, 270 for Perez, 257 for a mystery catcher. 302 on base for Perez career, 352 for mystery catcher, 462 slugging for Perez on his career, 405 for mystery catcher. That all adds up to a 764 OPS for Perez and a 757 for mystery catcher. Um, so very very similar OPS, but they got in different ways, kind of right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, six career stolen bases for Salvador Perez, not a very big number. Uh, 97 stolen bases for this mystery catcher. Um, a 29.2 B war for Perez, a 33.1 B war for mystery catcher, so a higher B war. The Fangraphs war for Perez for career is down at 14.7, which is very low. I think that's mostly with his framing. It's yep. been a negative defensive player these last few years, according to Fangraphs. The mystery catcher is up at a 47.2 Fangraphs war. And I'll give you a hint. This Fangraphs very much likes this player's defense. Um, And they both, these players, have a 104 career OPS plus. Sorry, first 10 seasons, a 104 OPS plus for both these players. And the higher WRC plus goes to the mystery catcher. Um, You can try to guess who it is. Um, I will say that they started their career in, I believe it was 2005 or 2006. Okay. But you don't have to guess either. You can just kind of say what you think about these two players. They, yeah. they seem pretty equivalent, right? Definitely pretty equivalent. Um, someone that definitely has more speed, less pop, good defense. I was going to say Pudge Rodriguez, um, but you said started in 2006. Right. The years don't match up there. Um, oh, this is actually a tough one. I'm trying to think back at 2006. It's, it, it, it's a guy who you almost wouldn't really put in the Hall of Fame conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll see when his time has come mm-hmm. um this is russell martin wow okay so it really kind of shows um a guy who i feel like russell martin we'll see when he is time for him to be on the ballot because yeah he was playing just a couple seasons ago yeah, so you're right. he will not he'll stop the way a few years to be in the ballot but um i feel like perez gets talked about by some people in like a hall of fame kind of light 
And that never really happens to Russell Martin. I'm just kind of trying to make a comparison here saying, okay, um, if you want to say Perez is a Hall of Famer, then that opens up the door for a lot of other catchers, I think, because there are guys whose defense really kind of... I mean, you could argue here, Travis, that Russell Martin was the better defender and the better base runner and pretty much the same hitter. But no one talks about Russell Martin for the Hall of Fame. But people are talking about Perez because of his crazy home run power surge he's had. Um, talk to me about your thoughts for Perez, um, Hall of Fame, uh, what your notes for that, and then I guess what you think about like how he sets up amongst, amongst other catchers. Yeah, you know, I think when I look at Perez, I think it's more of a Mike Piazza type of look when I when I when I view Perez. The the hitting is what I definitely will be looking at. I mean, right now at this season, forty one home runs um, on an absolute tear uh, at the plate this season. And you look at some of the other seasons too. I think home runs are something that Salvador Perez does very well at twenty seven home runs in seventeen and in eighteen. Um, and of course, in those kind of years, was winning Gold Gloves every single season from behind the plate. Uh, for me, Alex, I think that Salvador is on the path to a Hall of Fame um, selection. Uh, I want to hear, of course, what you have to think. But I, 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 you made a good point with the whole comparisons because you look at a guy like Russell Martin. If you told me that, I would have said Russell Martin will be on the ballot. I don't know if he'll get five percent. That, but that's why I put him. Yeah, I, I figured that you would kind of. This is a guy that Travis might not even say is a five percent kind of guy. So I figured you might say yes for Perez. I kind of wanted to say okay. Um, yeah, how do these guys stack up? Yeah, and I think that you, I think you look at home runs and sometimes you might overrate that, and I think I do with this, uh, this certain certain player sometimes. But yeah, um, no, I, I mean right now almost 200 home runs in his career could maybe wind up with 400 home runs as a catcher, and I think that would put him second to Mike Piazza for all time home runs as a catcher. Um, I think that'd be a stat that would just kind of be most voters would be very shocked to see that Salvador is doing that. And that every single year he's playing and catching a ton of games. The longevity, the Iron Man of Salvador Perez is well seen throughout his career. So, uh, for me, I have Salvador um, on the track for home uh, for Hall of Fame. So, um, interested to see what you got to say. <laughs> yeah, I I have him. I have him for no right now. Um, things could change. I just uh, we know that's by each other, Travis. We know that I will constantly emphasize. On base, I'm just an on base kind of guy. Know. You know this well. I know this well. Um, it's just too low for me. It's just too low. 302, <laughs> yeah. 302 career on base. It's when he retires, it's gonna be like 290. It's gonna it's gonna go down. I just know it. Um, I mean, the last couple years, it's been okay. It's been like 310, 320 ish. Um, I, I I just know. I mean, already right now, I will say already has uh, tied his career high in walks. So if he gets one more, he'll have a career season in walks. And what number is that, uh, Travis? And that'll be 23 walks in a season. So. Uh, doesn't like to uh, you know, like be to patient up at the plate. Right. It's, it's the kind of guy that I don't understand why pitchers aren't just throwing balls up there because he, he likes to swing the bat. But either way, Travis, um, what I will say is I'm leaning towards a no for him. And if people are telling me that I should be voting yes, then uh, I'll say okay, then that's fair. But look, look, let's add some other guys to the yes column as well. Guys like Russell Martin, guys who you don't think of as great um, all-time catcher types. But guys who, you know, had played great defense like Russell Martin ran the bases, um, they kind of compensated for that home run power that Perez has in different ways. But either way, um, it's an interesting conversation and it will evolve as the decade goes on because he still has uh, many years ahead of him. So Yeah, no, no and I like you had the, the conversation for Russell Martin. Definitely an under-the-radar kind of guy. Um, my kind of rebuttal with that, with the on-base, Alex, the only thing, and I think I said this in the last episode too, the one thing I will say is that um, for me, I don't think Salvador... Um, does really much use for the Kansas City Royals when he gets on base because of 
basically how slow he is. I think that in his mindset, he is in the full mindset of, I have to be the guy that gets the extra base hits. Um, that's his mindset. I don't think, I, I'm a big guy, when, I'm big when it comes to on base for certain guys. I think catchers, in my opinion, that should not be anything that they're focusing on is on base. I think catchers should be focusing on extra base hits, um, a decently good average, and of course, a, a complete you know juggernaut behind home plate defensively. Um, I know some of Salvador's advanced stats defensively don't go very well, but I think also winning a bunch of gold gloves is something that is very uh, special for most catchers. And I mean, especially winning five gold gloves in your career so far. Um, and only 31. And only 31. So that's my only rebuttal with that. Um, I think the home runs will be a big number and a big stat to look at for Salvador. Um, and that'll definitely be helping him when it comes to Cooperstown uh, for, for those kind of stats too. So we'll see. I have him right now. You don't. But of course, he's I'm one of those guys that will be, you know, he's like the Machado, which he still has years and years to go. So Yeah, I'm glad we finally had a disagreement and we were able to kind of talk through that. Moving on now, Travis. Freddie Freeman. This guy is almost 32 years old. A 42 career B-war um, looking like currently not going to hit any of the major, major milestones, but the 2020 MVP will definitely help his case. Even though it's the short season, he was still dominant for that 60 games. Best OPS in baseball, excluding uh, Juan Soto, who missed some games there. Um, he has maintained kind of this consistent this consistency despite his aging, Travis. Um, I think he will have to continue putting up these kind of first base numbers for a few more seasons to be the Hall of Fame lock. But I'm leaning towards yes, and it'll just kind of come down to if he can keep doing it into his mid-30s, maybe even late-30s could help even that much more. Um, we'll see when his time comes. Right now, slightly leaning yes, but um, it will take more time because there are other guys, like we keep saying, first baseman, guys like Joey Votto, who I think have carved a more lock path than Freeman has. So we'll see what Freeman does by the time he's mid-30s, late-30s. I, I agree with you. I think Freeman will be a Hall of Famer. Um, I think that... I think that a new kind of way of judging players that they've done the past couple of years is doing the whole all MLB team that we keep doing every single month. Every year, of course, now that they're starting getting into, you know, let's do the first team all MLB, the second team all MLB, and then honorable mention. Uh, for the past, you know, five years, I think ever since 2017, Freddie Freeman has been one of those guys that has always been every year uh, the best first baseman in MLB voted by the coaches, the players, the fans, all that kind of stuff, um, the front offices. And so I think looking at those kind of stats will definitely be helping him um, when it, when his time comes in Cooperstown. I think he's had a very good run for the past, you know, half a decade almost as being um, possibly the best first baseman in uh, MLB. So for me, I think it's definitely going to be a Hall of Fame uh, career for Freddie Freeman. Uh, just been a really good hitter, and even as of late, has been a very good hitter as of late. Um, and that and that MVP in 2020, I think, is very special, even though it's a kind of a weird season. But, uh, yeah, Freddie Freeman for me is a definite yes. Awesome, yeah. Um, you seem like you're a little bit more, like, locked in than me, but we're pretty much, I think we think we're thinking the same thing. You're just kind of expecting to continue his kind of greatness he's done so mm -hmm, far. Mm -hmm. um, moving on now, Travis, Bryce Harper. Um, good name an absolute stud this season so far both of us are really crossing our fingers for an MVP for him um, because we would win some money from, uh, from Caesars Palace that's right but uh, a 29 year old Travis or sorry almost 29 uh, in Bryce Harper already 38.4 B-War an MVP to his name obviously that very uh, very you know legendary season he had pretty much over a 200 OPS plus on that MVP year 
259 career homers as a guy who's not even 29 yet. Um, looking like a very good sh- a good bet, a good shot at the 500 home run club. And if he makes that, we keep saying it over and over, you're pretty much a lock if you get that 500 mark. Um, I think a second MVP this season would make him a definite lock. Like if you retired like next season, you're probably looking like you already have maybe a shot to get in. Um, Because getting a two MVPs in two great years, all of a sudden they kind of changes the conversation. But Travis, a 170 OPS plus this year is just a huge kind of bounce back that tells me he's going to be good for a little while longer here. I'm leaning towards a heavy yes for Harper. I think we know he's a great talent, but the production is showing this season. I think it'll continue at least a bit. So I'm leaning towards a big yes for Harper. I'm gonna definitely lean toward a, a yes. Not, not I won't say a heavy yes, but a yes for me. I'm saying um, big yes, Travis. Uh, I you know Bryce Harper, his career, the peaks have been insane. 2015, an insane season. Um, for me, his career has been kind of a roller coaster. Uh, after the 2015, it kind of started going downhill. We saw 2018, 2019 Bryce Harper kind of just, eh, you know, who is this guy? What's happening? But then he started to definitely pick it up the last two seasons and right now is playing great baseball, possibly, you know, his second best um, season of his career right now. And I think ever since he first started, he was considered that chosen one. We all saw him back when we were in middle school when he was yeah. in that home run derby in high school at Tropicana just smashing balls off the wall at Tropicana and Tampa Bay. Um, I think he will be a Hall of Famer. I think his numbers will uh, definitely, you know, stay consistent as he plays. I mean, seeing these on bases and seeing the patience he is at the plate right now, um, it's very encouraging to see that those stats will definitely keep on going as his career um, goes on. And so um, another guy started at 19, that's very nice when it comes to some of the stats. Uh-huh. Um, when you start young, that really gives you a really good leg on a lot of guys for the Hall of Fame. So um, for me, Bryce Harper, I think, will be a Hall of Famer. So, yeah, it seems like we're agreeing on Bryce. Um, moving on, Travis, uh, Andrew McCutcheon. We're talking about a guy who's almost 35, one of the older guys in this tier. Uh, this is also a 46.2 career baseball reference war, which is a pretty healthy number for him. Uh, not a major milestone kind of guy, um, but what really is good about him was his peak when he finished in four straight years, third, first, third, and then fifth in MVP voting from 2012 to 2015. So just really a good stretch of years for him there. Um, in my mind, I'm leaning, kind of putting him in the same category as almost like a, a Yelich Dale Murphy type where um, the peak was there. The numbers were great. Um, you were like a five-tool guy in your prime. And it's going to come down to what do you do in your later years. And he's already had a lot of his later years. And it's been uh, surprisingly pretty solid. More solid than many people may think. He's having a good year this year, which is definitely going to help him out. Um, if this 2021 uh, resurgence he's having is any indication of the next couple seasons, maybe he could get back on the conversation. But I think right now I'm definitely leaning no. Um, I do think that he... Uh, is going to make voters really think about it, though, because I know he's a really uh, a great guy, and people don't really talk about this in the Hall of Fame, but there is a clause called, like, the character clause, which yeah. is supposed to factor in, I guess, the person you are as well. Not to be, you know, a big factor, more or less a tiebreaker in my mind, almost. You can use it as, like, if a guy's borderline, uh, it can help if you're a great guy versus, like, if there's allegations of bad stuff, then that changes the whole conversation. But anyways, I think that he is... He's not, he's not a yes, but he's closer to a yes 
than many people may have them currently. But right now, obviously, if it ended today, it's a no. So um, where are you at with McCutcheon right now, Travis? Yeah, great prime MVP. Uh, those years with Pittsburgh were great. Um, but yeah, right now the numbers have just slipped. Uh, not tremendously, but they've slipped. And I yeah. think that right now he needed to have more of a longevity of that prime. Um, and right now it's really not a good shot for McCutcheon. A nice player for Philadelphia, but um, yeah, he's he's not going to be a Hall of Famer in my eyes. Um, the slip has just been kind of too significant. And I really don't know how many years he has left in the, in the league. I know right now he's it's his 34-year uh, age season. So um, we could see this guy for maybe three more years. And I don't even know if that's enough to kind of pick it up when it comes to um, some of those numbers uh, for, you know, even counting stats. So McCutcheon is probably a no for me. Yep. Um, okay, and then Travis, um, moving on now to uh, Steven Strasburg, a guy who's currently 31, sorry, 33 years old, 33.2 uh, base reference war. That's one of the lowest numbers we've had from a player besides a closer so far. Um, Strasburg, a type of guy who um, will always be synonymous with that heat that he threw. Everyone knew when he came into the league, oh, this guy hits 100 triple digits. This guy throws flames. First overall draft pick of Mike Trout's own draft class, which is sort of an iconic thing in and of itself. But in my mind, um, it really comes down to his 2019 World Series MVP being kind of the biggest kind of, just kind of like the biggest like thing he can show off is like he's got this nice, you know, World Series MVP. Great performance from him. I think he had, uh, I think he had like six, was it six wins, I think, in the playoffs? Something crazy. It was something crazy like that. I think six yeah. and oh or something in the playoffs. Anyways... Um, obviously Strasburg had a legendary performance. I just don't think he's done enough great regular seasons uh, in his history books to put him up there with some of these other pitchers we've been discussing so far. I have him as leaning towards a hard no. Um, he, like I said, only 33 things could change, but the way his injury history has been and the way he's kind of trended, I'm thinking like it's a very, uh, very tough shot for him. It is, I think, a very tough shot, and I'm, I can't believe we just we keep on agreeing. But uh, yeah, Strasburg for me is probably not going to be in the Hall of Fame. You know, interesting to look at his career. Only three times in his career he's made thirty or more starts in a season. So definitely a guy that's really been riding the injury bug a lot. And you look at even the last couple of seasons, he's kind of like the Kluber uh, when it comes to starts. Only actually, I'm sorry, only seven starts the last two seasons combined. Very, very not not very good at all when you're looking at, you know, trying to, you know, traject your way to the Hall of Fame. Uh, for me, Strasburg is going to be a no. Um, we'll always remember, of course, that 2019 postseason and the way he performed. But, uh, yeah, Strasburg will have to probably be a no for me. All right, Alex. And then uh, moving on to the next uh, Washington National. This is Ryan Zimmerman, someone who's actually just finishing up his uh, career um, this season, I believe. Uh, with the Washington Nationals and an MLB. So, you know, Ryan Zimmerman right now, just almost about at a 40 war, 39.9 baseball reference war um, with 18, uh, 37 hits, uh, 282 home runs, a 277 career average, uh, just about a 1058 RBIs. And then total, you look at an 815 OPS. You know, for me, he's a really solid player. He'll be an all-time national, probably the Nationals all-time third baseman when it comes to a lot of stats and even a Nationals all-time leader in a bunch of offensive categories. Um, probably one Soto will be a guy that'll break a lot of those if he stays with the Nationals. <laughs> yeah. But for me, Zimmerman, a nice career. Uh, I think he'll stay on the ballot, but, you know, not a Hall of Famer for me. Um, the numbers really don't, you know, back it up a lot, especially playing corner. 
uh, a corner infield spot, especially playing the hot corner, especially at third base. Uh, the numbers really don't back up being a very strong, you know, Hall of Fame presence. But what do you think about Zimmerman? Yeah, uh, like it has been most of this time, I completely agree. Um, I think his number will be immortalized in the Nationals franchise. He should have his number retired. He is like a Mr. National guy for sure. I'm glad for him that he got playing time and some meaningful at-bats in that 2019 World Series run, had some home runs in the World Series in the playoff push. But looking at the career year by year, I think there's just no shot for Hall of Fame for him unless uh, you know something crazy were to happen. Uh, his current trajectory has him, as you know. A, you know Hall of Very Good maybe, but just not even like in the yeah. same level as some of the other guys, some of the other corner infielders that are on this kind of conversation. Definitely. Definitely. All right, and now we kind of move to, I would say, honestly, one of the most controversial ones. And a lot of guys have been saying, is this guy a first ballot? Is this guy, you know, going to get in in, in the 10 years? Um, I think he is a Hall of Famer, and it is Mr. Joey Votto. So, Joey Votto for the Cincinnati Reds, a 63.3 career uh, baseball reference war, uh, over 2,000 hits, over 300 home runs, a 302 batting average, and the one thing that stands out for me, Alex, a 417 career on base percentage. This like guy, that. this guy likes to walk a lot, um, and an OPS of 935. A better, actually, you know what? Yes, a better OPS than our pools. So you look at that, and a better OPS plus than our pools. Something that's kind of crazy when you think that about. is crazy. That just kind of shows he aged well in his 30s. But yeah, definitely, definitely. So for me, Joey Votto, an absolute Hall of Famer. I think he's a guy that will be like Vladimir Guerrero, getting in on his second year, maybe even his third year. But for me, Joey Votto is a Hall of Famer. Some of those advanced stats are really insane when you look at his career and how, like you said, he's aged even this season, Alex. I mean. We we have watched a power resurgence this season. Joey Votto will probably finish top 10 MVPs this season. Um, 28 home runs this year. Um, and the numbers are you know consistent when you look at the on-base and the slugging. Everything is special with Joey Votto. I think he'll be a Hall of Famer. I want to hear what you have to say. So yeah, Joey Votto, an MVP to his name. Some really impressive years looking at the on-base numbers. The OPS has been over 1,004 different times. Um, and this season, Travis, a power resurgence, like we mentioned, 28 homers currently. If he can get up to 30, that would be his second best of his career. And he's a 30, he's about to be 38 in four days. So um, super impressive that he's doing this well um, this late in his career. Um, I am leaning towards a yes for Votto. I am also leaning towards, I think, a first ballot if it was my okay. decision. Okay. First ballot. It's interesting because it'll come down to who else is on that first ballot mm -hmm. with him. Because if there's 10 guys more deserving, then he wouldn't be on my first yeah. ballot. But yeah. um, as I see it currently, I think I would be voting for him. I'm a big fan of what I see. The career slash, Travis, a 302 average, a 417 on base, a 519 slugging. There's a great... Clean Better slash in our pools. Clean looking <laughs> slash line that um, just to me says Hall of Famer with not much questions about it, um, has played a good 15 seasons, probably a couple more left in his tank. Um, Travis, an interesting uh, piece of trivia, a bit of a note here. No silver sluggers, Yeah. which is mainly a, I guess it's just a kind of a fact of the voters only care about your walks as much for sluggers. They kind of want to see your pop. And he's not been the biggest pop guy in his career, even though he did have one season where he led the National League in OPS. He did not win the silver slugger that year. 
Travis, do you think he could get it this year based on his kind of power resurgence at first base in National League? Who do you think Gasol Soccer could go to? It definitely is a very good possibility. I think Freddie Freeman, of course, is another challenger. Um, uh-huh. We'll have to see what happens with that. Both guys, I think it'll be a toss-up. Um, but yeah, with that, with the last month he had, I mean, the home runs were on another level from Joey Votto. If he can finish with 35 home runs, I think it's a very good possibility for him. Right now, 28 home runs. Um, and we'll see how he kind of finishes out. Uh, with this season but yeah you're right it's a very good possibility uh, with Votto on how he can finish uh, this season but yeah all right and then we'll move uh, we'll move now towards kind of the NL West players that are that we mentioned in our list Um, and just a couple more for you guys I know we've had a long long night so far Uh, definitely burning the midnight tequila on this one Um, but yeah we're going to start out with uh, pretty much I would say the heart of the Los Angeles Dodgers the past five to six seasons, Justin Turner. Uh, right now, Justin Turner sits at a 32.4 career war, uh, 1,155 hits, 145 home runs, a 291 average, and an 838 OPS with a 128 OPS plus, um, and just over 550 career RBIs. Very, you know, instrumental player in their success. I don't think the Dodgers do what they did the last five seasons without Justin Turner. I think he was the heartbeat of that team, of that offense, of that infield. I do not think he's a Hall of Famer. Uh, Another thing, looking at the hot corner, looking at third base, definitely is putting up very weak numbers compared to his opponents in the Hall of Fame. You look at Schmitz, you look at, I mean, there's a ton of guys that played the hot corner, but... Um, I don't see the numbers being very well for him and already at 37 years old. So definitely a guy that's been playing in the league for a very long time. Um, Alex, I don't think, uh, I'm confident you probably have the same answer, but, uh, I want to hear what you got to say about Justin Turner. So yeah, um, Justin Turner, you put it well. I don't think they do it. The Dodgers have done the last handful of seasons without his bat. Um, and I guess his, you know, leadership as a third baseman for that team. Um, the beginning of his career just was not good enough. Was not even a guy who got consistent playing time for the New York Mets. Went to the Dodgers, became not only a staple of their lineup, but Charles, he's like pretty much I see him as their third, their three hitter for the entire stretch yeah. of they're the best team in baseball for like five straight years, pretty much. Like uh, they're like in that first best team in baseball conversation, and this guy's their third hitter. Obviously, he's a great bat. Um, but it just didn't start soon enough because look at the last five seasons or since like 2017 to present um just you know we're looking at like oftentimes above a 300 average um always around hovering around 400 on base with over a 500 slugging uh on a few of these years as well you know i think the peak of him these last few seasons has been not not far off from some hall of fame third baseman i just think that it started way too late um, in his career, he really kind of hit his prime as like a 31-year-old, which is just kind of weird to think, or 30-year-old th- yeah. it seems, mm-hmm. which I think that really kills his kind of bid for the Hall of Fame. Um, he is kind of a modern player. He really does get the walks. And Travis, he has some big home runs in the postseason as well, which obviously bodes well for your voting as well. But I just think, like I keep saying, it started too late. The beginning of his career, he was not even a, a, a regular player um, and not even a regular third baseman either. So... Um, if he had done these last five years at the beginning of his career and had more time to prove himself, then maybe so. But um, I think a little bit, uh, a little too, little too late for him. That's where I'm at with with, with JT. Well put, well put. 
We'll move to one of his teammates uh, for the last, you know, five, six seasons. Uh, Kenley Jansen, the closer for the Los Angeles Dodgers. Um, right now, um, career-wise, a 2.4 ERA career-wise with 342 career saves. A very kind of interesting stat line when you look at Kenley Jansen. Um, over 1,000 strikeouts, just almost about 700 inning pitched um, on his career. This will be an issue one, Alex, because I, I, I'm thinking you have one way you're going to go for this one. But uh, for me, I'll just kind of cut to the chase. Right now, I don't have Kenley being in the Hall of Fame. Um, I think, like I said, relievers are very strange kind of guys when it comes to the ballot. You look at uh, guys like Billy Wagner that are still in the ballot that are that have put together great seasons. Um, some other ones like Lee Smith, who had a great career, almost 500 career saves for Lee Smith. It took him so long on the ballot before he finally got in. And so it is really interesting when I look at Kenley Jansen and his career. I look at, you know, the start of it when 2013, posting a 1.88 uh, career with 28 saves that year. And then the saves and the ERA just honestly got a little bit better and more and more saves started to happen. I think you could agree his prime year was 2017. Um, with the Dodgers, a 1.32 ERA with 41 saves. Um, I think he was a guy that definitely had a, a very good three to four year prime. He's kind of had a little bit of a slip up the last couple years. Um, and I think that just, you know, watching the games and seeing social media stuff, it seems like Kenley is a guy that's been slipping a lot and he's really losing kind of his mojo. Um, that's something that I don't think that many guys like when they're talking about, you know, Hall of Fame relievers. I think relievers have to be dominant every single year to be in the Hall of Fame um, and in the postseason. We've seen Kenley kind of slip, slip in the postseason. Last year, 2020, I think he got demoted during the NLDS against the Padres. That's not a very good look when you're, uh, you know, looking at Hall of Fame odds. And then you look at, you know, who closed out the World Series, uh, Julio Urias, not Kenley Jansen. Um, some things I look at that I kind of am, you know, a little bit, uh, you know, pointing to for Hall of Fame odds. For me, Alex, Kenley Jensen is not going to be a Hall of Famer, a great reliever, but not a Hall of Famer. I'm wondering what you have to say. So all good points, Travis. Um, a lot of what you said is well said. The Lee Smith thing about it took him some time to get uh, off the ballot and into the Hall of Fame to get voted in, you know, um, Travis, an interesting point you said about uh, Julio Urias closing out the World Series to get that World Series ring, as opposed to Kenley Jansen, because Jansen did give up some runs to the Rays as well as earlier to the Padres as well um, throughout that whole 2020 run. What I will say also, Travis, is your guy Craig Kimbrell did not get the clutch save at the end of the 2018 Red Sox World Series when it was, of course, Chris Sale. So... Just kind of showing that oftentimes the guy who wins the last game of the World Series, or sorry, gets the save or gets the, the last out of the World Series is not necessarily always the closer. The, the manager will go with whoever they trust in that moment. And it may not be the closer. I think that's okay. So I guess my thoughts on Jansen right now, Travis, viewer, listeners may be surprised. I am actually saying he's leaning towards the yes for me. Um, one guy he just actually surpassed in career saves is Raleigh Fingers. And Travis, you can look at the numbers back and forth. I don't think anyone would say that Raleigh Fingers should not be a Hall of Famer. He should be. Raleigh Fingers' uh, career ERA is 2.9, but for an ERA plus, that's down at 120. Whereas Jansen's up at a 161 career ERA plus. 
Um, and then the saves are also just higher for Jansen. Jansen's at 342, while Raleigh Fingers is down at 341. Uh, just passed him and still has many years to continue his, uh, I guess, great relief pitching. Obviously, Travis, whenever he does do a hiccup, the Dodger fans let him know. And I don't know how much longer he will be a Dodger because of that. He will be a free agent after this season, after this postseason run. Dodgers about to go on. So I do wonder where they're going to put their money and if he will have a spot with them going forwards. But what I will say, Travis, is that... Um, I just did the counting. I think he was about 14th all-time in saves. I forgot the number. But um, the fact that it took Lee Smith a long time to get into the Hall of Fame as the guy with the third most saves ever, it just tells me that the voters undervalue relief pitching, um, in my mind at least. That's just my take. Frankie Rodriguez, Travis, guy we can talk about another time. Goat. We both love him as Angels fans. But he's fourth all-time in saves. And I don't think he has that much momentum to be a Hall of Fame kind of guy. But in my mind, he really should be. I think if you put up tons of career saves and you have a great ERA, you're essentially doing your job and it shouldn't be a ding on you that, oh, you didn't get that many innings pitched. The coach decides when to use you and Kenley Jansen, he's done at 692 innings pitched, which is still a lot more than Kimbrell actually, but um, Kimbrell has the better uh, ERA. But um, either way, I think that Jansen at 342 saves, 400 is, 400 is easily possible. And in my mind, the big milestone is like the 300 club. Um, not everyone in a 300 club is a Hall of Famer, but if you get to 400, which is definitely doable, he'll be like a top eight or nine closer of all time in terms of saves. I think that would be a lock for him in my mind on my ballot. I don't think a lot of voters will agree with me, but um, I think he's doing his job as the best of his, I guess, capability. Um, as a closer, he only gets to be used when he's called on. And for 692 innings, having a 2.4 ERA, it's really, really good, in my mind, at least. Um, so I'm leaning towards a yes, also considering the fact he has many years to continue growing um, his numbers. So we'll see where his total saves end up on his career, but only at 342 now, I think he has a lot more to prove. So I'm leaning towards a yes. Um, many Dodger fans hate the guy, <laughs> yeah. just, just because that's, that's the love-hate relationship you have with your closer when they're not just 100% lock every night. But these days, Travis, no closer is. Every closer is going to blow a save. Josh Hader... He's our closer of the year so far. He blew a save today. That just happens. Um, so Kenny Jensen, for me, I'm leaning towards a yes, considering he has many more years to climb this saves leaderboard. That's where I'm at with him. Okay, okay, well put, well put. Um, for time, I, I won't have a, a strong rebuttal, but I'll basically, I mean, yeah, I, I know for me, I think that as of late, and of course this year, it ending in his contract, it'll be interesting to see where he goes after this. I don't think that Dodgers will be re-signing re him. If his career ended this year, I think it's it's definitely going to be a a strong no, but like you said, the four hundred saves club is in the on the horizon. It could happen, and if that happens, that could be a strong possibility for him. Um, but I know with him, it's just it's it's roller coasters uh, with with Kenley Jansen. But uh, for time, I'll move on to the next guy. And it's another Dodger. Um, as you know, it's a Dodger, but we really haven't really seen this guy as a Dodger very much, and that is David Price. David Price uh, being a 40.2 career war, 154 wins, a 3.32 ERA, uh, and you know just about 2,100 innings pitched with a little over 2,000 strikeouts. Um, for me, Alex, I'm going to say this. David Price had a crazy good start to his career. The Tampa Bay Rays was on fire, won the Cy Young, stole it from Jared Weaver. I'm a little salty about that uh, when Never that forget. happened in 2011. 
had a great career in Tampa, went on to Detroit and also to Toronto, had great little stints over there, then signed a big contract with Boston. And that's, in my opinion, where it just fell off. First season with Boston, a 3.99 ERA. The next season was a little better, a 3.38 ERA. And then with Boston, a 3.58 ERA. And then a, over a 4 ERA the next season. And then this season with the Dodgers, it just seems like he's being used in different roles in different positions. Um, for me, Alex, I'll say it simply, I don't think he's going to be a Hall of Famer. He had a very nice start to his career, but I think there was a pretty bad fall off with Boston. I think a lot of teams and I mean I think the Boston Red Sox lost a ton of confidence in him and also the postseason numbers are very very hurtful towards David Price. Um, something that him and Kershaw have very something in common when it comes to those postseason numbers. Very not uh, not very good lefties in uh, in crunch time and in the clutch uh, moments. So I have David Price not a Hall of Famer. Uh, what do you think? So, all great points. Um, he had a great first, you know, if you divide it into, I guess, like three. Uh, first act of his career, the Rays was great, got the Cy Young. Second act, kind of, like you said, a traveling man, played a few different teams, was also very, very good. The third act has been a letdown uh, with the Red Sox, obviously, and now with the Dodgers not even being really a full-time starter for them. The, the, Travis, the Dodgers have to do a bullpen game every few days, and he's still not even a, a daily a, a established starter. So it just kind of shows where they're at with him. Um, the postseason ERA is at a four six two, which is not very good. Uh, it's good that you pointed that out. He did have the 1.98 ERA in the World Series in his... Uh, he started He started two games, had three appearances in that World Series when they won it in 2018. I'm very happy for him and happy for the Red Sox that they got that moment out of him. It almost makes the contract all worth it, right, Travis? Because you kind of feel like he was an overpay and he was a letdown. But when he came up for you in the World Series, at least you can say, we're glad we had you on our team. Yeah. So I think he's a Hall of Very Good kind of guy. I don't think he's a Hall of Fame kind of guy. I think his numbers for his career are very solid, and he was a great pitcher. But this, the third act was just not anything special. Mm-hmm. Um, and the first two acts weren't good enough to carry the rest. So I'm leaning also towards a, a, a big no for Price, but a very good pitcher of the decade for sure. Perfect, perfect. Uh, moving on to another pitcher, Alex. Uh, one guy that actually started out very well in his career as well um, and you know has struggled as of late, uh, and that's Yu Darvish. Yu Darvish right now, a 26.4 career war, uh, only 78 wins total in his career, a 3.53 ERA, and just about uh, you know 1,300 innings pitched in his career. Um, one guy that you know with coming from Japan, he played over five years in Japan and yeah. then came to America. It's kind of like that Ichiro Suzuki, yeah. where you know if you put together both their uh, you know both leagues, both countries together, it'd be a pretty good career. Ichiro Suzuki's career would be an all-time, you know, almost Pete Rose yeah. uh, hits-wise career. But Hugh Darvish in America, uh, very good start in Texas with the Rangers. Um, I will say as of late, though, Alex, he has kind of faded out. A very good 2020, but I think that he has been very kind of under the radar, not really established as a good starting pitcher um, ever since 2016, I would say. Um, I mean, interesting, Alex. I'm looking at his stats overall. Um, he hasn't. I know. I know wins are a very. You know, me and you will both say wins are not a very important stat. But yeah. he hasn't won over ten. He hasn't had more than ten wins in a season since 2013. 
Very kind of interesting. He's never gotten that since 2013. Um, he led he led baseball in wins in 2020, but of course that's a shortened season that does kind of hurt him. So I guess the winning percentage is very good that season. Uh-huh. Um, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna bash him for that, but it's definitely something that I look at with you, Darvish, as to uh, someone I really can't count on as being a Hall of Famer, um, being a very good pitcher, but I don't see him being a Hall of Famer. Um, interesting to see what your take is. Yeah, a lot of good points. Already age 35, which is older than I expected for him. Um, if things ended in a year or two from now, I would be also saying uh, no, not a Hall of Famer. Um, I do. I'm still. A, I'm still an overall a U Darvish believer. I still am a big fan of what he did. Second half of 2019 and 2020. You look at combine those times. He's a top three pitcher in the National League for that stretch of time. Um, this season had uh, an okay start, a solid start, and then things kind of faded a bit. He's also had injuries, issues, um, been on the IL um, a few different times, um, has not been a consistent kind of rock in their rotation like they probably hoped he would be. Um, that'll, and that'll come with age. When you're 35, you're going to be in the IL sometimes. Um, so, yeah, I right now I'd be leaning towards no. It's important to note, Travis, that it is the Baseball Hall of Fame, not just the MLB Hall of Fame. Yeah, that's true. So those five years in Japan... Those stats will be presented to the voters, and they'll say, you know, we're supposed to consider this time as well. So even though his, you know, career wins is below 100, and his career ERA is at a 3.53 uh, 3 to be exact, you know, that numbers, those numbers are going to be uh, better when you factor in the Japanese numbers as well, which they're not here on our stats on the base reference. But um, obviously, one of the best pitchers in Japan in order to be able to come to the MLB and prove your talents here. So, um I'm also leaning towards no, but I am still a Darvish believer in terms of he still has stuff left in the tank. It'll just come down to what his next five years look like. If he can be a 40-year-old, you know, still doing his thing. Like, Tanaka is pitching, you know, as, as, as an older guy. So. Yeah, and even Ichiro is playing until 45. So I know Japanese players have a lot of longevity. Yeah, and so if he can keep that up, um, I'm not counting him out quite yet. Okay. But it is leaning no. Okay, okay. Uh, another guy that yeah, I think he's been the model of longevity. We've seen this guy, I think for, uh, you know, just almost about 15 years and, you know, had a really yeah, kind of a resurgence this year, Alex. Um, that's Evan Longoria for the San Francisco Giants playing third base. Um, so far in the, in the career category, a 57.2 war, almost a 60 war for his career on Evan Longoria, uh, 1800 hits on his career, 314 home runs. A 267 batting average um, and an 809 OPS with a 121 OPS plus. Um, I feel like this guy was forgotten. Yeah. I think, honestly, from 2012 or 2013, he was a forgotten player. He kind of, he just kind of just was an average ball player. I feel like pl- playing in Tampa Bay, um, not a lot of headlines for Evan Longoria. Then got, you know, of course, the acquisition for the San Francisco Giants. Um, had a couple of interesting just eh years. But this year was just an, a, a, just a very big turnaround. And that's, I think, contributing to the Giants' success. Him, Posey, Crawford, Belt, all these guys having really good seasons. And that's definitely helping out in them becoming the, right now the best record in MLB. But with Evan Longoria, I will say he will not be a Hall of Famer. Um I think you look, of course, at his competition when it comes to third baseman in the Hall of Fame, um, and it's not uh, the quite of, you know, statistical, you know, just impressiveness, I would say, from some of the guys that have already been in the Hall of Fame at the, at the hot corner. 
Um, Evan Longoria, of course, this, achieving 60 war will be a very good uh, stat line for him, I think, and have really good consideration for a lot of analysts and writers um, in that aspect. But uh, just for me this season, um, Evan Longoria, I think he's you know kind of slowly fading out. I uh, don't see him being a Hall of Famer, um, but interesting what you have to say, Alex. Yeah, uh, he's in an interesting spot where that war number is really great. Um, he's 18th all-time in, in Jaws, which is like an average of your war and your war seven, your seven best war seasons. Anyways, it shows that he's like a top 23rd baseman ever probably, mm-hmm. which is a really good spot to be in. And if you look at the list, Travis, of, of Hall of Famers, third baseman, there's tons of guys with lower war totals than him that are already in. So it really makes it unfortunate that he will probably not make it. I am also leaning towards the fact that he's probably not a Hall of Famer, but that war number is very impressive. Um, so I can't really quite say it's a definite no, but it is definitely leaning towards no, especially when there's a guy right above him in terms of in, ter- in terms of war, which is Dick Allen, who didn't get voted in as well. Um, one of the best right-handed uh, corner infielders, you know, of the last fifty years or so. But um, yeah, I think Longoria, the war is is something special, but I think a lot of that is probably. A bit of defense um, combined with maybe his Aries playing in. He played a lot of games during his prime. But um, this season, even though he is having a bit of a resurgence and the Giants are obviously doing something right, he still has not played uh, that that many games. Uh, let me see here. What's the number at? He's at 58 games played this season. So it's not even like those numbers are very good, but it's not like it's um, some sort of like MVP kind of comeback season. He's just yeah, kind of being yeah. a very good role player for them. So... Where I'm at with him is also a no. Um, unfortunate. He was an exciting player when he was a lot younger. But, um, you know, that war number is impressive. It's something to keep an eye on, but it's definitely looking like a no right now. Yeah, okay, okay. Uh, and then moving on to the last two guys. Two guys that have, you know, we haven't really heard their names in MLB uh, in a while. I would probably say since 2019, even 2018. Um, the first guy we'll highlight is Cole Hamels. Uh, Cole Hamels right now a 593 war so almost a 60 war just like Longoria 163 wins a 3.43 ERA um, just about almost 20 2700 innings pitched um, for his career you know Cole Hamels uh, he had great years with Philadelphia good couple years with Texas um, as a whole though Alex to kind of sum it up I don't think he's a Hall of Famer I don't think um He'll be on the ballot for, you know, the full 10 years. I think after a couple of years, he'll probably get left off. Um, but for me, Cole Hamels had a really good career, like you said, kind of one of those special players, uh, but not Hall of Fame-esque when it comes to starting pitching, um, especially lefty starting pitching. But where do you lean on that? Yeah, I'm definitely leaning towards no for him. Um, the peak numbers are, there's some good years, but nothing that is, like no, no Cy Young Award wins, um, never got an MVP vote. Uh, was obviously very big for those really good Phillies teams in the late 2000s, early 2010s, but um, just for all-star games to his name, I just don't think that the peaks were uh, good enough to be Hall of Fame, and the longevity was was solid, a good 15 years played till he was 36 last season, tried to make a comeback this year, but did get, I believe actually the Dodgers might have signed him for a, a yeah. million dollars or something like that yeah, for a year. Yeah, and got hurt on, yeah. Hurt immediately, so that obviously is... Um, not helping his Hall of Fame case very much at all. So, um, you know, some of the numbers are looking okay, but overall just not enough accolades, not enough milestones. I'm leaning towards, uh, I think it's a no for him. I think that's more or less um, okay. Okay. decided. And then the last guy, um, another guy that we've had, uh, you know, great primes for. I think everyone remembers one year from this guy, but um, this guy's Matt Kemp. 
Matt Kemp, uh, you know, rightfully, you know, everyone knows him as this, you know, center fielder for the Los Angeles Dodgers for almost a decade. Um, had some really good power numbers. Only a 21.4 career war. Mm-hmm. Uh, about 1,800 hits. Uh, 287 career home runs. A 284 batting average. Um, and an 821 OPS with a 121 OPS+. plus. Um, Alex, for me, Matt Kemp, that 2011 season, uh, almost a 40-40 season, 40 home runs, 40 stolen bases. A lot of people think, of course, got snubbed for the MVP with Ryan Braun winning it. Um, and of course, the, the you know, the the steroid allegations and all that kind of stuff. Uh, so almost, almost a really just kind of disappointing year for that, that, you know, whole voting stance. But for me, Matt Kemp, a good career, not a Hall of Fame career. A good 2011 season, a great 2011 season, but that's really all he had going for his entire career. Um, for me, of course, it's it's going to be a no. Yeah, so it's a no for me, dog. <laughs> I think I think uh, dog. I think I am agreeing with you on this one, Matt Kemp. Um, very similar to Cole Hamels, had you know some very good years. Um, doesn't really have any of the milestones or the accolades. Obviously, that one that one MVP could help him a bit. But I don't think it'd make the biggest difference. Um, I I think it'd get him over like a 5 or 10% number if he had the MVP. But honestly, Travis, I think there's a shot he doesn't even get the 5%. Um, he's like the one guy maybe on this list, maybe him and maybe Hamels too. I guess we'll have to see when their careers are said and done. But they're both guys who are not really, maybe they're trying to become a free agent somewhere, but they're not really adding to their, um, I guess, their their uh, record book anymore. And okay. I, don't, I don't think Matt Kemp... Um, is not only not a Hall of Fame guy, but I don't even know if he's going to get five percent because um, I guess the back half of his career just wasn't wasn't accomplishing a lot. Um, mm-hmm. But still, obviously, an above an above average hitter all the way up until 2017, 2018, actually with the Dodgers, he had a one twenty one OPS plus at age thirty three. Look, look like he's about to have a comeback, but has fallen off since. And um, yeah, it would take something crazy to happen for him to, I guess, gain any sort of real momentum for that. But yeah, um, a great prime. That 2011 season was special. A 40-40 season would have been something for sure. But, um, yeah, the, the, the average, the on-base, the slugging is not really there career-wise um, for a Hall of Fame uh, at all, in my mind. Yeah, well put, well put. So that really sums up our tier number two of all those players um, and their Hall of Fame chances. I know we really took a lot of time discussing all that stuff. So the tier number three players um, that we'll announce, these are just the guys we're saying either are going to get over or under uh, 5% of the vote. We think these guys will be on the ballot. We don't know if they're going to be on the ballot after the first year. They could get, you know, 5%. They could get 4.5% of the vote and fall off and be off the ballot. Um, so, Alex, I'll start kind of like rattling these out, and then we can always go through, go through a speed round and discuss, um, you know, what we think on this. But first kind of list for me, Lance Lynn, over or under 5%. I think if he keeps up what he's doing this kind of season, a couple years more, he'll be over. But um, if it ended today, it'd be under. But um, he's kind of come on in his later age. I'm going to say I think maybe over. Okay. And I, I would say over too. I think this, if a winning a Cy Young this season would be crucial. Winning a Cy Young, I think, will oh, definitely be over 5%. Yeah, that would almost lock up an over 5%. But um, his odds are looking like they're slipping every day to a, a guy named Garrett Cole and Robbie Ray. That's but true. We'll, we'll see. That's true. Next kind of list. Carlos Santana for the Kansas City Royals. Um, over or under? Yeah, I'm leaning under. A modern player who definitely was a big on-base guy. One of the best, some of the best discipline numbers of his of his era, honestly, the last few years has been a great guy at not chasing balls, but 
that's not enough. That one skill enough alone is not enough to get you in the Hall of Fame. Uh, I say under 5%. Definitely, definitely. Okay, under for me as well. Um, this guy, Josh Donaldson, over or under 5%? In my mind, Donaldson is in the over 5% category. Um, I think he's has just as much of a case as some of the guys in our above tier. Like he and Matt Kemp, I'm almost saying Donaldson probably has a better career. Um, but I'm leaning towards over. I think he could get some real traction. He's kind of slipped in the recent years, but I think over. I think I would almost have him as a lock for over five percent in my mind. Okay, definitely. I think twenty sixteen MVP season will definitely propel him to that. Um, a good twenty nineteen as well. Like he, yeah, he, exactly. He, he kind of gets it together with his power. He has a lot of power and a very good defensive third baseman. I think five percent is easily something to obtain for him. Uh, next guy, I feel like talk about this guy, Andleton Simmons, over under five percent, a defensive guru. Travis, we've had this this discussion before on Simmons and like a Hall of Fame status. I think he will get under 5%. I would definitely hope, in my mind, he should get over 5% because it's hard to value defense and quantify and put it into numbers. But I think he is not only the best defense, I think he's the best defender of like our current generation. I think when it's all said and done, he could end up being the best defender ever. Um, it's it's so hard to compare arrows with that kind of stuff. Ozzy Smith will always be in that conversation. Guys like Brooks Robinson will always be in that conversation. Um, but I would hope over. But if I'm betting what the voters would say, it's going to be under. I'm I'm going to retweet exactly what you said right there. Okay. Um, with Anderson Simmons, uh, next guy, resurging Michael Brantley over or under five percent. Brantley, I'm probably leaning currently towards over. Just because though his contact numbers in his old age has been very impressive, avoiding strikeouts, getting base hits. If the Astros can stay relevant, it'll help him that much more. I'm leaning towards over if he keeps this up. I think you're right. I think about a 6% would be something in his first year. Um, has been an all-star the past couple seasons. And so I think that's very helpful when it comes to that. Uh, Michael Brantley over 5%. Uh, next guy, Mike Moustakis. Moustakis, I'm leaning towards under I think he's been on some good teams, but there's not been enough moments, and the milestones are looking great for him either. So I'm leaning towards under for Mustakas. Definitely under. Uh, been a good role player for a lot of good teams, but never really kind of the big impactful player to ever be, you know, I think a Hall of Fame considered guy. So definitely under. Next guy who's having a really good season comparing with War. That is Wade Miley. Over or under for you? Right. Yeah. Wade Miley, I'm definitely leaning towards under. Um, base reference war just loves guys. I think it's a weird thing where if they have bad defense behind them and they're like in a hitter, like in a in a defensive ballpark, it like helps their B war or something. I'm not a master of it, but Lance Lynn had a Lance Lynn had a crazy 2019 war because of the same reason. But I'm leaning towards uh, a big under five percent. I don't think he's had you know a good enough career to get many votes at all. Honestly. I am with you right there. White Miley's kind of a guy that I feel like we just, I, we always kind of just have been like, he's just a, he's just a middle he, of the rotation guy. He, he, he's, he sticks around, but he's just not that, that ace. He's a good four, you know, guy in the rotation who's going to stick around and get a lot of innings for you. But yeah, I think under four, under 5% is a definite for Wade Miley. Uh, next guy, Lorenzo Kane, over or under? One of the best defensive center fielders of his era, for sure. Up there with Kiermaier. Stole a gold glove from Trout, I'm sure, at some point there. But I'm leaning towards under. He's on a great uh, Royals team. In fact, impactful player for the World Series bid. But I just don't think the individual numbers are good enough to get that many votes, in my opinion. Same for me. Same for me with that one, Lorenzo Cain. Uh, Matt Carpenter, St. Louis Cardinals. Over or under? 
I'm leaning with under as well. Actually, I don't think the the hitting numbers are good enough for, yeah. for Carpenter. Yeah, yeah. Uh, another guy, Cardinal, Andrew Miller. Andrew Miller. Kind of the wicked uh, kind of 2016 reliever that was just elite. Yeah, I don't think 5% is happening, uh, especially because some of the best teams Yanni wasn't even the closer. He's like the setup man mm-hmm. sometimes. So mm-hmm. uh, I think voters are looking on that as well. Uh, definitely. A good prime, but I'm saying under. Definitely, definitely. One guy next I will definitely probably say higher than 5%, and that is John Lester. Lester, yeah. He's had a career with multiple stops that all have been kind of um, different in their own good way. But, yeah, I would say it's probably over just because he's been pitching for so long and been doing it at a high level for so long. So Mm -hmm. I would say 5% is definitely doable. Good. All right. And then uh, moving to J.A. Happ. I'm definitely leaning under on Happ. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, yeah. He's the kind of guy that, you know, will probably be on the ballot, but he definitely could even just miss it. Um, We'll see where where his numbers end up. But, yeah, I mean, his... He's really slipped in his last couple of seasons, so I'm leaning, I'm leaning big under. Next guy, Charlie Blackman of the Colorado Rockies. Good old Chuck Nasty. Um, I'm leaning under, even though I like him a lot. I think he's just, yeah. he just, he just been a Coors uh, raker. Yeah, that's but, true. But that's about all he's that's been. That's true. That's true. We agree with that one as well. Next guy up, one of our favorite players of all time, Justin Upton. That's pretty funny, dude. But Upton is not one of our favorite players. And... <laughs> Honestly, he had a very great prime, and his counting stats have gotten higher. It's crazy. He could end up with over, which I'm is I'm gonna go with over, which is crazy. I'm gonna go with over. I think the yeah. pain of an Angels fan. We want to say under, but um, three hundred home runs. I think that's over. Yeah. Yeah, and then the voters just kind of know him as like he's had like the great Diamondback stretch. He was as good as a Ray. He was good as good, good brave, brave, he and then really good brave. Angels. Even though he wasn't great, he still put up some home run numbers yeah. he had a silver slugger as an angel yeah. so yeah and the tigers too yeah yeah so we'll yeah. see but yeah. i think yeah, over is definitely possible for yeah. him another guy i think that's over uh kyle seager um yeah seager is the you know he's kind of been the mr mariner of the last decade um it's it's interesting that, that's tough <laughs> that's actually really tough i yeah i would think under but i really don't know what, what 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 you said over? What was, I, I I think he'll barely be over. I think he'll squeeze it over. Um, I think just being I, I he's just been so consistent. I feel like I feel like his career he's been a good third baseman. Nothing like a Hall of Famer, but I think he'll get over five percent. We're talking about the Hall of Fame, Travis. No, I know, but we're talking also about the five percent, and I sure. think that getting at five percent um, will finish probably with a forty a uh, 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 higher than a forty WAR on his career. Two hundred forty home runs. Um, you know, it depends on really what he has left in the tank. I know right now he's, I think he's 34. Um, I mean, he, yeah, you're right. He could get to like a 300 home run. Yeah. He's at 240. He hit 33 this year and counting. Um, I could see it. The, the, the thing that gets me is the batting average, the on basis slugging career wise is not that impressive. No. And he's an offensive minded player, you'd think. But um, yeah, the counting stats could get in there. <laughs> it's interesting. It is. It the is. counting stats could get in there. Yeah. All right, one guy, uh, another guy too, want to talk about or just mention is uh, Charlie Morton. He just got signed. He's got a big payday today, Travis, $20 million extension. Um, I don't think, I think he's almost in the similar category to a Justin Turner, where okay. he was a really good prime. The prime started late. He's definitely getting older already. Um, it, I think he wasn't you know dominant in his first half of his career. Second half has been very good. But... Um, Still a, a north of a four ERA in his career. I think he will get over, actually. 
Okay. I, I was gonna say under, but okay. I think he'll get over actually. Okay. But I think I don't think by any means he's a Hall of Famer type. But um. okay, I, I you know I think he'll be over too. I think the last couple of years, maybe the end of his career will be kind of that push to be over. But you yeah. look at the beginning of his career, it, it's not special at all. Um, it, voters will remember those postseason moments, the highlights he's had, the great, great outings, and definitely. those those could continue with Atlanta this year or next year. Um, definitely, but we'll see. Definitely, um, kind of rounding out the home stretch, uh, Jason Hayward, the Chicago Cubs. Hayward, hmm. good like, defender. He's getting tough, yeah. But I would lean towards no. Okay, good. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to say no on that one as well. I don't think the numbers are really pointing to. I think he's been kind of a disappointment since he came over from you know the Cardinals to the Cubs, and so I he helped him in the World Series, but nothing special with Hayward there. Um, next guy, Jake Arrieta, had one of the one of one of the craziest <laughs> single seasons. Yeah, but everything else has been a disappointment. Yeah, I, I'm definitely leaning towards under. Um, yeah, okay. I don't think one season is enough for anything. Well, Blake Snell had that crazy year too, and if yeah. Blake Snell never had another top twenty Cy Young finish, yeah. then he'd be in the same boat yeah. pretty much. So yeah. I'm leaning towards a no for area yeah. below five percent. Okay, say. okay. Uh, next guy up, been a very good, consistent player, and that's Brandon Crawford for the Giants. I'm leaning under, just because there's really nothing too crazy special with Brandon Crawford. Um, He's a great player, but I don't see him being, you know, hugely considered in Hall of Fame status. So Yeah, I'm also leaning under a 98 career OPS plus. So he's been a below average hitter on his career. Factored in, I mean, he's a shortstop, so it's kind of okay, but he's never been like the defensive stud either. Um, he was on the U.S. team that won the gold medal. I wonder if any voters will care about that at all. It's possible that they would care about that a little bit. But I'd also be saying probably under 5% for Crawford. Okay, okay. Do, do, just quickly, do you think that voters care about that in any possible way? Getting a gold medal on the... Sorry, sorry first place in the, in the baseball classic, I should say. Uh, probably not. Is it a little bit or no? Just not at all? No, I don't think not at all. Not at all. I don't think that's really important. I mean, I, I guess I kind of agree, but it, it, it's a funny... It's it's cool. It's fun. It, but I mean, it's a funny. Know. It's a funny saying I hear in basketball where the quicker you... When you're talking about someone's career accomplishments, the quicker you mention their gold medals the less they accomplish in their career, which is kind of the same. That's if, true. If, if, yeah. if we're bringing up your World Baseball Classic, then you probably didn't do enough in your MLB career. No, exactly. So, uh, interesting you bring that up, though. Okay. Uh, the last last couple guys, Alex, I think it'll get kind of controversial. Um, this guy I have over 5%. That's Johnny Cueto. Hmm. Okay. 135 wins. 345 ERA. 2,000 innings pitched, almost 2,000 strikeouts. I think I think he's had this whole second chapter with the Giants. I think it's... It's been sad with the Giants, I will say. It's been sad, but this year's... Hmm, eh. Almost almost under a 4 ERA, but he's still north of a 4. But still, yeah, 4.09 decently okay ERA. With 112 innings pitched. Two all-star appearances. Did get second in Cy Young voting. Yeah. Got top six three different times. I mean, I mean, got I mean, MVP I, I, votes three different times. I, I mean, you look at those early years with the Reds. Look at those ERAs. I mean, they are very impressive. I'll say over a. I'll say over five percent. Um, also, kind of banking on the fact that I believe he is a free agent, and if he can get just like a couple more seasons where he's as above average ERA, that might help him tap it in. Okay. But I would say I guess I'm leaning over, but it's okay. definitely. A, I'm not confident about I, that. I would say those years of Cincinnati were very impressive, and also being that huge trade piece for the Royals to get that World Series ring in 2015. 
Um, I think that really kind of tops them off. I think five percent is is a is a pretty. I think I think it's is definitely attainable for Johnny Cueto um, for that. So moving on, interesting one, Edwin Encarnacion over or under. It's interesting because he's in the same category as the Nelson Cruz type, the Giancarlo Stanton type. Seventy less than seventy five home runs away from five hundred home runs, and he just is not getting there. He's not even playing. And so, with that being said, I'm. I feel like he has to get over based on the career numbers. Yeah. But it's like, why are we voting over if we know he's just? I mean, he's just not going to get in. I, I don't no, know. No, exactly. It's, and, and and I'm with you there. It's it's it sucks his, to say yeah. that. His but one his one shot was getting the five hundred, and it's not. It's not. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, I, I I'm, I'm, I'm gonna say four point five. Yeah. He's gonna barely miss it. I mean, when you got guys like Lance Berkman and Jim Edmonds not even making five percent, you kind of think this list. Well, I mean, those are just crimes against humanity. Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly, exactly. So, um, Edwin, I'll say is close, but he won't be at five percent um, for the ballot. Another guy, Jay Bruce. Kind of a long time, just passed around from different organization, but a good career. Yeah, Jay Bruce as a guy who I'm saying I would be saying under. I mean, I guess he's probably known for his bat mainly. I would say and a 108 OPS plus in his career, so yeah, it definitely dipped there um, towards the end and some points in the middle. I'm leaning towards under. Did get some MVP votes in his prime, but um, I'm saying under five percent. Okay, under for me as well. A sneaky one, Nick Markakis. Almost a 3,000 hit gentleman. I remember I, I, trust, I remember one day I asked you, I said, if Nick Markakis gets the 3,000, will you vote for him for the Hall of Fame if you had a vote? And you like, you said absolutely in no way. He will, be, he will be the first the guy that will be 3,000 hits and will be an absolute, like, this is not even in consideration. I'm, I'm sorry. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's in an odd spot based on his career hits. For those that don't know, uh, 2,388 hits. He's not getting there, so um, I don't know. He he might get over, but uh, I, I, I I think right now he won't get over. You don't think so? I don't think so. I think I think he's actually done and retired. And I think with just being retired and not even coming close to like twenty five hundred, um, I think that it's just kind of like you know good he, career. Yeah. But he he, he has the same career OPS plus as Bruce, but better defender as well. But that's yeah, true. I mean, but uh, yeah, I I don't think there was enough. Enough peak years, yeah. I mean, yeah. Mm, yeah I guess I'll leave, I'll, leave, I'll leave under. Okay. But the hit number okay. is pretty. No one expects him to have no almost exactly. twenty four hundred hits. Exactly. It, it's impressive, but I'll just say under for that. Um, a guy who's won a Cy Young, a guy who has more Cy Youngs than Nolan Ryan and Chris Sale combined. That's Rick Porcello. Yeah, that's just almost in the same category as some Arietta. Just like a really really good year. He barely won his own race to get that award to get that get that Cy Young award. But and really didn't have a crazy good year. I feel like yeah, everyone just was, had a bad year. Yeah, it was it was it was twenty two wins, which was I think everyone thought was just insane. The voters liked that. Twenty two sure. and they four fell for that bait, and and a three one five ERA, which is kind of just like yeah, I mean, definitely in, an outlier with his career. In reality, that was much more about the team he was on, being on a really good Boston team. But yeah, I I'm leaning towards a a, a below five percent in okay. the, in my mind. Okay, um, a four point four career ERA. Charles, his ERA plus is a ninety nine. Yeah. Yeah. It's a below average ERA yeah. plus. Yeah. So I'm saying he should not get 5%. Yeah. Last guy on our list, guys. Uh, thank you all for still tuning in if you're listening. But last guy on the list is going to be Todd Frazier. Over or under? Todd Father? The Todd Father, yep. I am saying under. Um, he actually was a part of this year's Olympic team. Good for him. 
I think he was one of the best. <laughs> I think he was one of the best players. Yeah. But he was like, well, how old is he? He's a 30, 35 year old playing with all these like minor leaguers. Yeah, yeah. Only a two forty one career average, not two forty one career good. average, a one hundred seven OPS plus in the career. Never had a season above a 121 OPS plus. I'm saying he has to be under yeah. in my mind at least. Yeah, yeah. Hormone Derby trophy will be in his thing, and I, will be in his trophy case forever. Yeah, no, exactly. I think that's one moment everyone's always like, Todd Frazier, he'll be definitely on the ballot because of that moment. But you're right, only two all-stars and only finished third in rookie of the year voting, but never got any silver slugger or MVP or gold glove votes at all. So um, yeah, definitely under 5% for me as well. Um, but he's a derby champ. So derby champ, he, which... He can hang his hat on that. Exactly, exactly. But, but Charles, that rounds out our entire whew. list. Uh, I'm not sure exactly the time, but we are for sure over the two-hour mark at yeah. this point. So if you listen to this whole thing... In we, segments, hopefully, yeah. We, yeah, we, yeah, yeah. Hopefully you took a break in the middle. Take, take a breather, have a, have a relaxer. But yeah, thank you so much if you made it to the end. We appreciate your listens week in, week out. Next week, Travis, I'm sure we'll have more exciting stuff to talk about. These 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 races in the MVP and the Cy Young they're getting tight and they're getting fun but um we'll see how that goes next week Travis hopefully we will not be recording at midnight next week um, hopefully not we'll, we'll, we'll we'll have to find out but thank, you can you can thank the Angels for that yeah yeah uh, <laughs> the nice four zero four zip loss but yeah. um that's that's for another day uh Travis uh thank you for joining me on this long journey of active players with ten seasons played but uh anyways listeners. Thank you so much for making it this far. We appreciate you and talk to you guys next week. Presented by Tool Tools Podcast. <laughs> <laughs>